Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Recorded live. Like Power BB48, my whole Open feet on the ground radio. Think Tank Thursday. It's your brother born. Come and get it in. And we start off with the praise to the ancestors. Praise that turn and glory to Garvey. Long live the spirit of Dr. Khaled Abdul Muhammad. Praise Harriet Tubman. Glory to Ida B. Wells. Long live the spirit of Sister Fanny Luhan. What to do out there tonight, family? You know, uh, Think Tank Thursday. Got a nice topic on the line. You know what I mean? Tonight. Uh, going to deal with this, considering the temperature, the pulse of the people. And uh, subject for tonight is the philosophies of Marcus Gordy, RBG, rhetoric, or reality. And you know I mean, so we're going we're going to deal with that nice, tight, right. Get it in for our folks. I mean, let me let me open up these. Uh, let me open everything up real quick. Let's see who we got out there. See the family out there. See who we got on the line. Can't see them right now. Let's see here. Get everybody up in here in this conversation. Do nice. Let's see here. Um. Uh, Black Power, BB48 King, and to the family. Oh, oh BB48, what's going on out there? Sister Camille, Black Power, how are you tonight? I'm Black Pastor King. Uh, always giving thanks to the ancestors and also thanking the ancestors that I got my feet on the ground. Uh, for guiding me on Yahweh, you know, to some uncompromising, African-centered, first, second, and third, real African warrior men and, and warrior queens, for that matter. Mm-hmm. I say, you know, and I know the family out there definitely uh, send those same adulations right back to you, you know, um, and that's that's one of the things that you know we're going to deal with tonight is in the philosophies is a philosophy. You know what I'm saying? Gives you an ideology. My philosophy is what I live by. You know what I mean? So when you're doing media, one thing about media is media is sent out to give the philosophy of the people, the ideology out. And we want to expound on certain philosophies on this radio show. I mean, those are uncompromised African philosophies. You understand? That means that we're not going to be 
we are not, as a collective, going to make bad choices. One of us might come up here and say something that is not, you know, totally on point with the uh, consensus of African thinking. And what will happen is we will gladly check each other, boundaries on the subject, in order to make sure that it is aligned with what the ancestors have left us in order to guide us to where we need to be. And if it's something that you updated, then all you got to do is show and prove exactly what's what. Or if not, you can't do that, then you're going to have to go and show me the reference for this shit that you're talking. And so that's what we do over here on Fields and Ground. We check each other first. We check each other first. You know what I mean? And that's always out of love. We check each other first because that's the that's the, that's the first key is the checking of self. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Before you check somebody else, you got to check yourself first. You know what I mean? And then you can get to checking somebody else. And right now, I think it's time for people to check in. I'm going to have to check in for what's happening out here. You know, trying for everybody to check on in. Um, and as you said, we, uh, we're going to go grab uh, a little bit of literature by Marcus Garvey so we can make sure that we on point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we'll make sure we on point with the positions that were laid, you know what I mean? And then we're going to make sure that y'all understand why some of these positions had to be updated. You understand? Because when you learn better, you do better. So, you know, and the main position that people always got a problem with, that they, they, you know, they say this, so this problem that y'all holding that position is that y'all don't like the religions of perversion. <laughs> y'all anti-perversion. Y'all wrong. Y'all anti-perversion. This is the this is the problem. See, you know, the Negroes have lost their mind when this is the problem. We, you know, right now I'm just starting. We're just getting into it a little bit, but I'm just, you know going over some of the things that, that we have to deal with is that any time that we question whether or not we should be on the side of Europeanized religions, when we question that, then we know that we are, are, are you, you're heading in the wrong zone right now. You're heading in the wrong damn zone right now. Once you start to question that, once you have to ask yourself whether or not uh, these Europeanized religions are good for you. See me, I'm on the I'm on the thought that your religion should be a BB for holy yet. If you want to religiously be doing something, you should religiously be working at goddamn African liberation. I shall. So, you know, if you want to be religious about some shit, okay, you know, be as religious as you want to about that shit. 
practice that on a regular basis. You know what I mean? Do that. That's no. That's no problem. I have no problem with that at all. But don't tell me that I shouldn't have a. Uh, I shouldn't have a stance against created creatures, as our brother Walter Williams would say. My, what? Hmm. Well, we'll see what's happening out here today. And, and Brother Bourne, also, yeah. motherfuckers that distorted, lied on our people in these religions of perversions. Religions of books where your existence is a curse, where the, the beautiful black and child that you give birth to is a curse. What the fuck? Now, I understand the ancestors that came before me who were in and chattel enslavement had that shit forced upon them. I understand that you came out out your goddess mama womb, had that shit forced upon you, wasn't allowed to read or write, but you had to go to that motherfucking church bullshit that the cracker bees built so he could preach to you about being a good slave. All right? Now, I can even understand Donald Marcus Garvey again. What did Dr. Walter Williams say? No child is born to these religions of perversion. You got mm-hmm. people before you that put it on you. I understand mm-hmm. all that. All right? But at the same time now, here I am in, in this time period. After the work of Dr. Clark and all of them, you have no excuse. Yeah, you can't, you can't go Donald Marcus Garvey had an excuse, but he didn't even come at you preaching that bullshit religion of perversion. Nope. All right? Our people were so caught up in the religions of perversion, they couldn't even accept Africa. Universal Africa. No. They had to take Negro. That's why he used Negro. He ain't want to. Mm-hmm. He had to concede because his people were so caught up in the bullshit. We ain't supposed to concede today. We're supposed to hold the motherfucking line in the name of Marcus Garner. Yeah, and then we uh, and in 2015 we supposed to connect with the enemies within. This is what we supposed to do. We supposed to connect on that. And so when we talk about the enemies within, we'll, we'll go to this uh, passage from Garvey. This is on uh, Marcus Garvey, hero, first biography. Uh, Tony Martin. Um, page 104. We have a breakdown with some things that are happening out here in the community. Marcus was sure that the United States government planted spies in his organization. In addition, there were those who could not resist the temptation to steal. Millions of dollars passed through UNIA and its subsidiaries like the Black Star Line and the Negro Factories Corporation. Dishonest employees siphoned off some of this money. Several of these employees were brought before the courts by the UNIA but were often dealt with leniently for the courts were not particularly fond of Marcus Garvey. Commenting on the enemies within, Marcus said, in the fight to reach to the top, the oppressed have always been encumbered by the traitors of their own race, made up of those of little faith 
and those who are generally susceptible to bribery for the selling out of the rights of their own people. Now, when we, when we say that, you know what I'm saying? Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. Now, when we say that, we're going, I'm going to couple that with another, with another quote from him. Uh, you know, this is um, this is what they this is what the traders, you know, what I'm saying, what was saying, and this is what the traders did. The traders, the traders knew. The traders took it hold on. Damn. All right. Here we go. This uh, Samuel Augustus Duncan, you know what I'm saying? And uh, he was a United States immigrant from St. Kitts. He had been president at a point in time of um, UNIA chapter in New York in 1918. But in 1920, right, he wrote to the governors of the British West Indian and African colonies um, in South America. And, and this Negro right here, he he, he writes them is, is like, yo, listen, you know, not only is the, the UNIA anti-white, they're anti-British. And, and they you know, was engaged in the most destructive and, pernoc- and pernocious propaganda to create disturbance between white and colored people in the British possessions. He said, um, you know, you, you know uh, he also told them that, look, Gary done sent agents out all over the, all over the Caribbean to distribute this goddamn Garveyism. You know what I'm saying? Now, look, this go along with something that just happened where we had Louis Farrakhan call on our brothers for a long start. Calling on you, you know, you we see the history of this of this dude right here. We see his history, and so when his history has uh, uh, so many disparaging little marks in there that are critical, you understand? See, like you know, and we're we're saying that yes, he has charisma, charm. He has a, a way of galvanizing. Groups of people, and, and know what I mean, in certain areas, pulling together resources of all of them, getting them to uh, believe in what he's saying, believe in his ideas. You know, uh, a master of the English language. Understand? We, you know, so when you that type of person, you can use that in a manner to uh, gather a large group of people up as he is gathered now in the NOI because he's already been part of this type of group already where he had already seen the blueprint, the foundation, and he was already close in the, in the workings to understand what was going on and to see it for what he wanted to be and make you think it was what it appeared to be. 
You know what I'm saying? And so he came out and put this thing together, and he did help clean up some brothers, clean up some sisters, you know what I mean, through the social program, you know. And I can't, you know, I'm going to say he, but through the social program that was created by Elijah Muhammad. So they used the social program, and he, he flew it out. And then what he did was, though, he turned the people away from being nationalistic in terms of the nationalism, I mean, into just a self-help group. He stopped them from wanting to be a separate nation and really separate, but started more into telling people to vote. Things that that previously within inside of their organization had been things that they did not engage in, he started to engage in. And so when once you see these type of actions going on, he has not only uh, he betrayed his own his own rhetoric. So before I even have to deal with the other things, we have to deal with the fact that he has already turned his back on his own. You know what I'm saying? Teachings. So how can I trust a man to turn his back on his own teachings? You know what I'm saying? I I, I had these teachings. I know these teachings. I don't, I might not know them as well as Farrakhan, but I know well enough to know that he definitely ain't supposed to be bringing devils into Scientology. I mean, Scientologists, white folks, the white devil, as, as said by the crew into there. And then I'm supposed to link arms with this man who has shown a proclivity to being all right with homosexuals with placing himself amongst the degenerates inside who, who the, uh, let me see, let me see, I don't, want, I don't even want to say that, to the ignorant family in the hip-hop culture and community and uh, leaving with photo ops, and we don't, and we don't see all of a sudden uh, all type of uh, resources flooding into the communities after these, after these uh, meetings, have come about, and we're supposed to think that you're really putting something together. We haven't seen Chicago cleaned up, and, and people want us to work with this. Nah, we can't do that. We can't do that. Because we know that they out here. These jokers is out here. The traitors have been sent amongst us. These people or the agents have been sent amongst us. The enemies are within. So, you know, we're not going to go along and blindly into no type of traps. And anybody who still is willing to follow a person who, you know, listen. Come on, this is a trap. I'm, I'm so crazy. It's, listen, it's, a, it's such a trap because this, listen, the man say he has a law backing him. And as and, and, and that if, if the government of the United States touch a hair on his head, that it's going to be meaning death and destruction. Why wouldn't you martyr yourself? Knowing that Allah is going to have your back. If he's real, he's going, he going to save the day. I say, because, you know, uh, didn't the great Marcus Garvey uh, say he would die a million times for us? Um, <laughs> million times. Where's the Marcus Garvey and Farrakhan? And for those that would push his bullshit onto our people. 
Mm-hmm. I'm looking for the exact quote, brother. And I quote, would would I not die a million deaths for you? This is Marcus Garvey, his um, first message to the Negroes of the world from Atlanta prison, dated February 10th, 1925. Why wouldn't mm-hmm. Farrakhan do that? Okay. Would I not lose the whole world and eternity for you? That's Marcus Garvey saying. Mm-hmm. Would I not go to hell a million times for you? He didn't care. Marcus Garvey sought retribution on these motherfuckers. He said he didn't care if it took a million years. The sins of our enemies shall visit the millionth generation of those that hinder and oppress us. While Farrakhan want to break bread with those that oppress us. While Farrakhan get a phone call from these motherfuckers that tell him to turn his back on Dr. Khalid Muhammad, who's speaking the truth, not lying now, telling the truth. And what'd Mm -hmm. he do? What'd he do, Brother Ball? Turn his back. Listen, we now believe. We will believe our brother, Khalid Abdul Muhammad, from all his dudes. He will no longer be my spokesman. Brother Khalid, even though we even though we agree with the truths, we don't agree with the mannerism in which he spoke these truths. Huh? You believe in the truth, but you don't believe how he told the truth. Even though that's how y'all always tell the truth. But because he told the truth like that in front of white folks who really was like, yo, listen, nigga, we tired of this shit. Yeah. This nigga ain't going to be spitting fire on us like this all the time. He's tired. Now, Coon, do something about it. And he said, okay, you're the boss. I was going to do something. That boy, Kali, Kali, you done went, you went too far. See? Boss, call him in there. I said, let you talk. Tyler had to find out on TV. How do he find out on TV? Okay, now. How the fuck do he find out on TV? You telling me that that cracker calling you was more fucking more important than at least if you was going to do it, you letting your brother know, mouth to ear? Before, come on, that ain't even the way of the nation. Elijah Muhammad strictly, this was one of the main, listen, if Malcolm when it came out with that shit, it only inside of the nation, and he would, they would have had a different look on him. But because he, because that's one of their protocols, that you don't talk the nation business out there to the white man, it put him real all the way on the outside with him. Now, how could Farrakhan, Come out later and do the same thing. And be the same, same coon who crucified Malcolm X. Did he not for that? Yup, crucified Malcolm for that. Did, did yep. he not? Yup, crucified Malcolm for going in front of the white man doing that. Did you go do it? Did you go do it? Was Malcolm right? You were wrong? What the hell's going on here? Or was Malcolm wrong? What? Which one is it? <laughs> 
Which one is it? Was Malcolm wrong or was Malcolm right in doing that? And now I'm supposed to trust him. We're supposed okay. to trust him now. We're supposed to trust him. That ain't what Marcus Garvey said. Marcus Garvey said, you need to watch out, man. You need to watch out. Should not the death of Farrakhan have been called for as well? Should he have not gotten the same shit that he did to Brother Malcolm? Mm-hmm. With his Jerry Carroll wearing ass, self-hating ass? You, you hate your own, you hate your own African self that you got to, you are 80 something year old ass man still rocking a motherfucking perm. And then he do the most obscene shit of all, all the master teachers, every last one of them. I don't care how many uh, uh, lectures they have given uh, that you may have even had the pleasure of hearing each and every one of them have shitted on facts. Dr. Mm-hmm. Dr. Clark, I was anti-African. And Fabricoon is opening up the door for facts, for cracker beasts. Mm-hmm. The very people who have done the most unspeakable harvest to our people for our men to come lock arms with them. Yeah, come on in. All right. Barracoon has become messy Jesse Jackson. Boat licking. Mm-hmm. Shucking and jiving. Ain't that what the Honorable Dr. Khalid Muhammad said? Shucking and jiving. Mm-hmm. Nigga, cracker call you, and the nigga gets scared. Turn his back on a man who put his life on the line for you. Dr. Khalid Muhammad toured this fucking country because most black people wasn't feeling his motherfucking ass after Malcolm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, he, they, everybody had a bad taste in their mouth about that at that point in time. You know what I'm saying? That was definitely uh, a harsh thing. But we don't want... Oh, man. See, and that's the thing is that that's, this is how we, at this point right here, whether or not, what does red, black, and green entail, Sister Camille? What does it entail? That's that's really the question. You know, what does this flag entail? These colors, what do they? You know, what do they mean to you? And and, and what position are you going to take as building this nation? I mean, yeah, I'm telling you. Look, my we fifty years out of slavery. Nineteen sixty five is nineteen is two thousand fifteen. We sixty uh, fifty years out of slavery. You understand? Shit. And, and, and what was that? Mississippi? What was the fuck was that? They just let Negroes free. Allegedly, under the Emancipation Proclamation, gave them some liberation. One of these things we just got free. So, you know, um, we people who over here, we are a new African. As far as a new African, we have re for life. We revive that red, black, and green banner. We have taken from the philosophy of Marcus Garvey of doing for ourselves, 
challenging white doctrine, white indoctrination, white ideology. You know what I'm saying? First and foremost, keeping ourselves, keeping our eyes on where where our uh, home is, but understanding the situation that we're dealing with right now. You understand? Margaret Garner was military-minded. You, you would see him in his military regalia, having their parades with, with, with the military out there, with that UNI military out there, you know? And people look at it and say, well, look, them brothers all didn't have the same uniforms on. It was all uniform, though. See, this is the thing. We all sell individuals what we want. It was uniform, though. And they out. You know what I mean? So this is the thing that we, we understand the calling. So get your red, black, and green together and start getting yourself together, get your house together, get your community together, we get our, we'll get our nation together. Don't worry. Look, man, and, and prepare and let you know. I don't even know why y'all keep talking about it. You know, uh, we know who our goddamn enemy is. If you wear black and green, we don't even need to be keep talking. Maybe we know who the enemy is. So now, if you don't know who the enemy is, we know about what the hell you're saying out your mouth. You don't know who the enemy is. So you need to re, uh, reestablish yourself with uh, some of these elders' work so you can find out who the enemy is, period, point blank. The enemy within and without. Start cleaning up some of these niggeritis and cracker toasters out your brain. And none of that is logging on with religion. You can't hold on to anti African ideology of the cracker beast and wrap yourself in red, black, and green. The two don't work. Yeah. Right time. Well, now we want to we want to talk about whether or not feet on the ground is rhetoric, or are we following the philosophy of Marcus Garvey? Is this a RBG philosophy and a reality out here? So now I'm gonna read from Marcus Garvey in the UNI papers, UNIA papers. Uh, this Marcus Garvey life and lessons. Um, uh, this is a centennial companion to the Marcus Garvey and Universal Negro Improvement Association papers. Uh, just a actual little piece right here. And this is something Marcus Garvey uh, spoke on. He said, I desire it to be emphatically understood that I have no other purpose in writing these articles than to give honest information to the public so that any other Negro coming after me would, by the information, be better able to deal with the opposition that will be found among certain Negroes to anything started on behalf of the race. Is that not what feet on the ground job is? We're not writing articles no more. We got the we got the ability to speak it and it be immediately placed into an archive and you can MP3 it and listen to these philosophies, life lessons that we spitting out here on feet on the ground. Sound like we right in tune, right in step over here on Three on the Ground with Marcus Garvey. Because we do this for no other reason 
We don't do the reason, you know, there's no other reason than to give honest information to the public so that any other black man or woman coming after me would, by the information, be able to better deal with the opposition that would be found among certain black people to anything started on behalf of the race. That's what our job is over here on Feet on the Ground. Your job as somebody who's red, black, and green and living in your community is to, when you get off this line, make sure the days that you, when you ain't up here at nighttime, because when we try to do the show at night, so that at least, you know, you could have did something during the day. Some of us do things at night, yeah, you know. But, you know what I mean, so you could at least been out with the baby. They out during the day, you know. So some of this other time you could have spent doing that. Hopefully you doing that because if your flag is red, black, and green, what other call is it to do? What is your mother, What is your call? What is your duty? But to raise up this African nation, what is your duty, man? That's your duty, to raise this shit up and fight for it. Tooth and nail in every battle you can get in. You don't turn from the battle. You pick and choose your battles wisely because it's a war that we want to win at the end. But you don't run from your battles. You step to them and handle them like a real warrior African man or woman should. So I I don't know what the hell we're supposed to be doing over here. I don't know what the hell is the, the I don't know what the hell you know what the hell do need the grows have shows for? What the hell is you spending money for? <laughs> what is you spending money for to do to to do what? But to give out some hopefully to give out some good pertinent information to help your people further themselves later on, man. So they can get that archive, man, and do something with it. Because you 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 been put all you could put on on the wax. Now you're doing something else. Hopefully that's what it's for. Why wouldn't it be? A shape. And now, uh, brother Bourne, if you be so kind, because you know, reuse words. This is one of the reasons, one of the things that made me fall in love with the mind, the African mind of the great um, honorable master teacher, Malcolm X, um, because he really went into the dictionary and he, he, you know, he used words in the proper context because he had read the dictionary. He broke the shit down. You know what I'm saying? Now, let's look at the word rhetoric because, see, people misuse that shit. The first Mm -hmm. four definitions for rhetoric, okay, going to start with one. The study of the effective use of language. Mm-hmm. Two, the ability to use language effectively. Three, the art or science of all specialized literary use of language in prose or verse, including the figure of speech, figures of speech. Four, the art of prose in general as opposed to verse. Five, now this is the one where people use rhetoric as meaning is you're speaking uh, uh, 
non-factual information. Mm-hmm. And they got that wrong because it only applies, it only applies to in written form. And this in parentheses, definition number five, in prose or verse. Mm. The, well, I'm sorry, King. No, go ahead, go ahead, please, keep going. I'm, I'm listening. Okay. Uh, in prose or verse, the undue use of exaggeration or display. Bombast. So, oh, and, and number six, the last one, and this is called, uh, in classical auditory, the art of influencing the thought and conduct of an audience. So, you know, people clearly, clearly, weak-ass motherfuckers, you know, that have used that, have used it incorrectly. Rhetoric ain't a bad thing. And thank you very much for clearing that up, Sister Camille. That was uh, that was excellent. And now we even we even more on the go on this, whether or not we're dealing with rhetoric or reality. I say. <laughs> thank you very much. You know, you know, uh, we we like to thank you over your feet of the ground for that big ups on the show last Tuesday. Thank you very much. You stay in math rhetoric. And uh, just so the family know, that came out of the Random House Dictionary, a uh, copy written 1968. Mm-hmm. Well, well, well. Tit tatty, big head, little body. <laughs> Well, well, well. <laughs> mm. So, you know, in a way it's a compliment because we're using African-centered language effectively. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, yo, that took a whole lot of steam, you know, damn. Sister, sister Camille let some steam up like that. Then let some air up a balloon. Because, you know, I was using it. I'm going to tell you honestly. I was I was thinking of it in the colloquial sense that most people are using it. Because colloquially, they they say it, and it is as the uh, fifth definition, I believe you read. Uh, let, let me turn back to that, King. One second. Okay, uh, first definition, the study of the effective use of language, rhetoric. Uh, and what's interesting to, to, to do, like I learned from um, Ashwa Crazy, you go to the word before it and after it. Okay, right before rhetoric, you got rector. And that is a master or a teacher of rhetoric. Mm-hmm. 
an orator. Mm-hmm. Oh. So I guess it means, you know, people have been using it incorrectly. Yeah. When they're trying to, you know, beat down the truth. You know, the truth be fucking with them so bad they can't handle it. No. Um, what? Which definition was that, though? Was that number five? The yeah, one? number five. In prose Wait. or verse, the undue use of exaggeration or display. Uh-huh. But, but it's only for written form. See, somebody's read that before. Somebody read that before and didn't know that it wasn't something that's speaking of a spoke of. Uh, it's not, it's only speaking of written, you know what I mean, correspondence. That it has nothing to do with spoken word. I say, you know, somebody was fucking with a poor Webster College dictionary. See, this, uh, this old dictionary I got, the Cracker Bees. You know, I like they old shit because they old shit, they give more of the truth. You know, because mm-hmm. they were worried about us really reading and writing this and being effective, you know. Exactly. You know? No, you're totally right about that. You're totally right about that. I have, I, I get some of their older, um, like, textbooks and things of that nature. And they, I have a textbook, a middle school textbook, where... I could actually rewire my whole house and run plumbing, run a septic tape with this grade school fucking uh, book. This is a grade school, you know what I mean? This is a grade school at the end, uh, academic book. But this when the cracker was only giving it to the cracker. Excuse me, I gotta get some water real quick. You know, and I was waiting to uh, save that, read that when uh, Captain uh, Africa came on the line. But, you know, he ain't get on here yet, so I just said, you know, let's get this out here. Let's let's get some understanding. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, like Marcus Garvey, and the master teachers before us, you know, I, I feel it's my duty to give our people the truth. And what do I mean by that? I mean by uh, information that I myself have taken the time to verify that it's right and exact. Because we've been lied to so much. I don't want to be a part of uh, hoodwinking my people. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to be a part of uh, leading my people into the abyss of ignorance. That's why the attack on the religions of perversions is a must. I say, I agree with that right there because, as you say, that's the reason why we've been held back for so long is because of our inability or our unwillingness to do, you know, what is they do knowledge to the information. We don't want to check it our own self. Right? We like personalities 
So if the right personality tells you something, then you accept it as fact. This is how a lot of our people get over because our people are trained to look for personalities to follow after, want to be like. We, you know, we see this through our youth. This is how they're able to change their style, you know, every couple months. This is how a new person is hot every couple months. Okay. Mhm. Mhm. Look, yeah, sister, come here. We we looking and trying to get ourselves together on what is this red, black, and green? How are we how are we supposed to deal as men? Excuse me, under the banner of red, black, and green. You know. Uh. I'm, I don't want to get into some of you know some certain things because you know the uh, family ain't had a chance to matriculate in. Mhm. I say. Yeah. Certain things I don't want to get into. But we um we're glad we get publicity today. You know what I'm saying? We're getting us a little publicity today, a little extra help. On the page for a show. <laughs> right, man. <laughs> we get a little help on the page for a show. People mad at us because we do what Marcus Garvey, what Marcus Garvey does. Marcus Garvey didn't write this. He didn't. He wasn't writing, knowing how many people would read his stuff right to the end, or how many people would read it. Period. He did it because he knew his people needed it. They need this information. So if, if, if don't nobody else do it, I got to do it. I don't see it getting done right now. Or however I see it getting done, I don't think that's in the best mannerism, so I'm going to put it out my own style. And that's what he did. So how, where's the wrong in this? Where's the wrong in that? You understand? Where's the wrong in, in, in our rhetoric? You know, when we following after the footsteps of a great orator, a great rector. Shay. Marcus Messiah Garvey, able to move the crowd, capture the audience. <laughs> you know what I mean? Capture the audience. He's moving the crowd, the awe. He's like, the all up there. You know what I mean? He's moving the crowd. He caught millions, baby.
And you, as long as you're reactionary, every time they put something up, you're going to react to it, and you never have a time to make your own motherfucking plan of action because they're not giving you the chance to, to make a plan of action. So you fucked up. But I'm saying, you, you know, I have to stop being reactionary and learn that, man. Set your plan out, man. This is, got this, this is chess, not checkers. Ah, <laughs> Shay. <laughs> and shout out to the family member, uh, African warrior queen, uh, race first, who put down here, which is important too. Dr. Ben paid the people to come listen because he felt it was important to hear the information. Well, I'll say. You're right about that. Totally right. You know what I'm saying? Paid the people. You feel me? He paid the people to come in. Please, y'all come in. Please, uh, y'all need this goddamn information, man. You don't get this, your ass gonna be lost. Here go some money. Here go a little sandwich. Come on in here. Look, Doctor Automatic's doing the same thing now. Ashe. He got the bribe him with me. You gonna get something to eat? You trust me. Go get some food. You do sit here the whole time. And brother, you got me thinking. So, so-called, uh, uh, I don't, I don't want to call them RBG. You know, I'll, I'll say, uh, so-called conscious, because mm-hmm. see that that conscious That's bullshit it. that allows for the religion of perversion to still exist. So that that the so-called conscious people would rather pay thirty dollars to hear bullshit. People <laughs> arguing over crack of beast. Theory about how your people got here than to go to the UAM for free. For free. For free. For free. For free. And get you something to eat when you walk up out that piece. If you're hungry. If you're hungry. For free. For free. Let me, I forgot that, that. For free. For free. For free. Come on, man. They ain't talking to donate at the door. Like most people say, well, here, if we need your donation, it's this much. They're not rocking you with that. They're not rocking with that. they taking, you know what I mean? What are you doing? He's just taking up the donations? Or you just take them up? Like, listen, man, you know, y'all, you know, y'all know what time it is. You know, take up donations, you know, y'all do what y'all got to do. Is that how they rock down here at the UAM? Or, uh... Well, every time I done went, you know, af- after, like, whoever's speaking first, normally it's been Bob Maddox, right? Mm-hmm. At the end, they may send a bucket around. In fact, they don't even do it like that. They ask you, if you want to donate, put something in there, you come up, you shake Bob Maddox's hand, you know, mm-hmm. Yeah, and and yeah. you donate. You, you yeah. do it that way, you know. Yeah, exactly. A lot of times they done had it to raise funds to help with Sister Tawana Brawley, you know what I mean, uh-huh. and her mother who are still fugitives, slave fugitives yeah. for the state yeah. of New York. Yeah, can't come back to New York. Okay. And I saw how the brother uh, PV reached out to you. Unfortunately, I couldn't attend where Baba Maddox is supposed to set it on fire at the uh, uh, New York uh, National uh, Lawyer Attorney Bar Association, some shit? Yeah. Uh-huh. 
Uh, brother, I see uh, uh, Sultan is online, as well as our General of Defense. And I oh. thank Brother Calls, too. I think. I'm not yeah. sure. Uh, I just I look I just see him right now. All right, power B forty eight. When they do out there, family. Do him, brother Lo, brother calls that you out there. Yeah, Black Power family. <laughs> Black Power. Black Power B forty eight. B forty eight. Yeah, who was that? Who is that, Brother Cole or, or Brother Minkerman? That sounds like the suit here. That was the suit, brother. Oh, man, I'm... Shit, my bad, family. You know what? Nigga got caught up. What I'm, what I miss, family? What I miss? We, yeah, we just we getting in there and we just got in there like read a couple of little pieces from Marcus Garvey. The sister was just putting this on to rhetoric. She was just giving it, you know, she just was uh, hitting us with the definition of rhetoric, you know, real quick. Um... You know, I don't know if she'd be wanting to go over it again. You know, we just we just hit it and just start to speak on several things dealing with that term in particular <laughs> being used, uh, being used as a in a derogatory manner mm-hmm. in a fashion towards the feet on the ground uh, family. So you know, it was definitely a very important definition to put in. So if y'all family don't mind. With, uh, if a sister, you know, she don't mind, could you please touch that so the family can be abreast of where we at? I say. And, you know, I was waiting for the family to come in, particularly to suit him before I had read this definition because it's funny. You know what I mean? Um, basically taking what a person thought was going to be slander against us and actually showing that you don't even know the fucking definition yourself. Let's go. Definition one, rhetoric. The study of the effective use of language. Definition two. The ability to use language effectively. Definition number three. The art or science of all specialized literary use of language in prose or verse, including the figures of speech. Number four. The art the art of prose in general as opposed to verse. Number five, now this is where slow-minded people who don't do their homework have gotten the word confused. Definition five, in prose or verse, the undue use of exaggeration or display, bombast. Definition number six, in classical auditory, the art of influencing the thought and conduct of an audience. This comes out of the Random House Dictionary, copywritten 1968. Black Power. Goddamn. See, goddamn. I thought I knew what the word was. See, that's why I'm speaking up, but slang, sweet, both seven. The fuck that. (laughs) (laughs) He ain't lazy on feet on the ground. (laughs) Wow. Yo, wow! God damn. I thought I had, I thought I had an understanding of that motherfucker. Listen, <laughs> around everybody. I apologize if I ever had you the word. You feel me? <laughs> right? Yeah, right. Let me go back and make sure I clean up any of this shit. Yeah, I've ever used it out of line, man. I, God I damn. <laughs> 
that's the, yo, that was, that was a humbling, a humbling definition, Queen. Uh, thank you for that. Black power. Black power family. You know, when, when the Sultan came up with the beautiful uh, uh, title for today's program, that was my, I said, you know what? Let me go back, look this word up. Because, again, feet on the ground, we ain't mentally lazy. We ain't got a problem reading, looking shit up. That's what we do. So that's what I did. Make sure I have it ready for the family. And I saw the deal. I said, well, ain't this something? Nigga ain't even know what he was using. <laughs> really, really, to me, what you just proven, I know because you just taught me something, it's that assuming you know a word without clearly uh, double-checking to see if you truly do. Oh, man. I say. So, yeah, let me say thank you for that shit, for that clarity. That... <laughs> shit. Plenty rhetoric over here. I thank you Marcus for the compliment. Thank you for the We follow the Marcus Garvey. Wow. So, so, is it a bad word? No. Not at all. Not at all. Unless you, unless you write in something. Unless this is the only time that it, it has a negative connotation. If you write in something and what you write in is it got some infactual air um, things in it. But it's only for written, written. It's just going to be written correspondence. But any people talking to each other, and you say something that's all big, you can't be like, oh, that's better written. So now nah, I'm going to forget. That don't even apply to what the fuck I'm doing. I'm speaking to you. Yeah, yeah, I say, I say. And that's what I was under. I was under that. Um, I was, hey, I'm, hey, shit. I'm humble enough to admit it. I, I had to tell the queen the same, the same thing. That's, that's the way that I took it. And then I realized that somebody might have read that. What happens is over time, people will read it. And know to understand that from what you read and how it was used in that in that sense, and then apply it though to speech also when it don't apply to that. So you know, I'm glad I'm glad the sister uh, you know wrote it. And, I mean, read the definition. Um, oh, yeah. I'm more yeah. I'm, I'm more than proud to be uh, in in that and you know in good company with Marcus Garvey. Now I know I am now. I shake. Because definition six was definitely Marcus Garvey. One through four was Marcus Garvey. And five does not apply because his writings were not uh, uh, false. He he ain't put no uh, exaggerations up in his opinions, his philosophies and opinions. He ain't do that. You know what I'm saying? But uh, to speak effectively, tell Thank you. Thank you for the compliment. And. And uh, I want to I want to put this in real quick. I want y'all I want y'all family to get a, uh, a listen to this real quick. We want to go over this. This is um, from page one hundred two in Marcus Garvey and you and I a papers, um, life and lessons. It says I I desire to be emphatically understood that I have no other purpose in writing these articles than to give honest information to the public so that any other Negro coming after me would by the information be better able to deal with the opposition that will be found among certain Negroes to anything started on behalf of the race. And now in this day and time, you know, as I was saying in this day and time, being feet on the ground, we deal with a different medium for corresponding with each other for information. His, 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 um, their major medium then was the paper, was the written 
you know, right now, it's either you are uploading, you know, your voice or you uploading the video. So this is our major way of giving that information across. So we right in line. We right in line with Marcus Garvey and his RBG movement. Because this is what we see getting done right here on on feet on the ground. Our, our only desire, you know what I mean? You know, we don't have no other purpose but to make sure that we're giving honest information to the public so that don't nobody else who come after us, you know what I'm saying? So so don't nobody else who come after us, they can't get this information and not know what to do. You're getting this information and you, all right. This family's solid. They they saying exactly what we need to be doing, things that's going on. You know, we can put this information to use. So that's our duty here. That's our number one duty. Basically, see, see, niggas be so quick to regurgitate. They don't be under. They don't even take the time to reflect on their on their comments to see if it fit the context. Okay. The word we got a de- solid definition of rhetoric. Now you got what what type of rhetoric are we spewing over here, right? It's it's religious free. That's very important. Religious free. Why? Well, you know, most of the time when you hear about negative rhetoric, negative rhetoric is often coming from religious factions, because on one hand. According to the tenets of that religion, you should be kicking them motherfuckers' asses because they, you know, and it, that's not even the case. You see what I'm saying? So I just want to put that out there right quick. You know, what type of rhetoric? Religious, by, like, like, you know, uh, uh, Pastor Porkchop, Pastor, Pastor mm-hmm. uh, uh, Porkchop and Imam Lamb, Imam <laughs> Campbell. You know what I'm saying? They mm-hmm. spew rhetoric that's not in the context of your lifestyle. They spew yeah. rhetoric to get you to defend their cause. You're defending the you're defending the cause of this uh, 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 Jewish faith. You're defending the cause of this Arab faith. You see what I'm saying? So you taking the rhetoric of an Arab and trying to apply it to an African's perspective. How are you doing that? Are you taking a, you taking a, a Pakistani's interpretation of Islam and trying to Africanize that to fit your program? How are you doing that? I asked a certain individual question. What's up, Jaime? Hey, that's, J- that's Spanish for James, right? I asked Jaime a question. I said, Jaime. And I really should I shouldn't ask the question to no weak-ass nigga. I should have asked it to a strong black woman. So I asked this question to a strong black woman. Sister Camille, being that the black woman is the first child I mean, the first teacher of the child, right? The black woman is the first teacher and nurturer of the child. Do you feel, being that you're a mother and a wise woman, do you feel that we can raise a strong nation of Africans who will be African first, second, and third that are void from any religious or perversion system? That's the only way we're going to do it, King. There is no other way. Now, so come here. Being that you are a woman and mother figure, you know, why do you feel that uh, we, that we can achieve that? Well, why I feel that we can achieve that is because of the impact that we have seen that the enemy's religions of perversion has had on our psyche. My child will not have to grow up with an inferior complex battling 
with their African warrior self. They won't have to grow up wondering, am I really a curse? Am I really secondary? Damn, my my ancient ancestors that was called Egyptians, they was foul, they was fucked up. They wasn't the chosen people. They wasn't the first. My child won't have to battle these vicious lies that destroy your psyche and breed self-hatred in. My child will turn within themselves into their African mama for their spiritual strength, for their African spirit to awaken. That's, that's just one, just one, just one. Plus, my child, again, my child will not be breastfed on lies like I was. My child won't have to wait to become 17, 18, and maybe run across an older brother or, or sister, my male child, to, to awaken him from that deep sleep that his mind has been put in. Right out the gate, he coming out swinging. Right out the gate, he going to know he's superior. Right out the gate, he going to know he is the first. And that that, that rod that, that, raw that you can count on to rise and set is what give you your strength. Well, give me your life force. Why you are superior to all other lesser forms that walk around here on two? Thank you, Sister Camille. Thank you. Wow. Now, Sister Camille, what are some of the, the, what's the criteria that sisters must have regarding the selection of men that she chooses to mess with in order to achieve that, Sister, you know, an uncompromising African warrior that in his psyche is African first, second, and third. That's a must, sisters. Because breeding with a weak-ass nigga is only going to breed a weak-ass child that you got to work even harder to awaken that African strength in. We, we see how the animals, I mean, damn, the animals that got, don't even got the kind of complex brain that we got, they know that by innate intelligence. Innate intelligence tell that lioness, you only fuck with the strongest lion out the bunch. Out the gate. Ain't no bitch-assness allowed in the damn animal kingdom. You see how the, the female of the animals do out here. Even down to the birds. So... To my sisters, we got to stop it. If it means that all we got is one African warrior on this damn earth, then he got to impregnate all of us. No, we bitch-ass niggas allowed no more. Got to hold the line. <laughs> weakness breed weakness. Woo, y'all heard that again. He said if it's only one African in the world on the planet... <laughs> He's gonna have to correct that. He's gonna be all our baby daddy. That's right. Sister Camille is too hot to I'll handle. I say to that. I I, I can't be having no pussy ass nigga for my daddy. I say to that. Now, Sister Camille, I got another question for you, sister. Would it be fair to say that one of the warnings for a sister? That she may be fucking, you know, I'm not going to say all bitch-ass niggas, but one of the warnings that may pop up in your head, when you're talking about producing strong African children, void of religion, right? 
if a nigga wants to run game on you off the gate talking some religion, what can you expect to see coming from him, Sister Kinev? Dalsonist, brother. I cannot feel safe and secure with a man like that. A man that's back and forth on his word, don't know where he's staying. I understand that. Very good. Y'all, in the name of the people, I'm, brother, I'm here. We're here because we come from super Africans that survived the horrors of horrors, that wiped out other people or, or, or damn near reduced their numbers to 10%, like those that are called natives on this land here. It's how can you, how can you push that bullshit religion of perversion, knowing what it did to our people and our enslavement, how it justified the horrors of horrors being unleashed upon us? How can you do that? Because you're a bitch-ass nigga. That's, that's the only way you could do that. You ain't going to stand up for your mama while your ass is here today. How you gonna stand for me and our babies? Damn. Damn. What you gotta say about that, niggas? Now, now, niggas don't. You know, niggas think we just be talking and shit. Now we come. We're coming with some solutions, right? What are some of the psychological effects on children who are warped by a fucked up context of human history by religion? Inferiority. Right out the gate. You feel less than. You accept being the footstool of somebody else. Then we got the self-hatred, brother. Come right along with it. How can, a, how can a black child, how can an African child love themselves when they find out that you're a curse, that the way you look is a curse? Who would teach their child that? In your right fucking mind. See. So one of the things people immediately honest is understand. So one of the things we will immediately notice, meaning once we are in the trimester, say the second trimester of the phase of raising our African children, the first trimester being you know when they one to about five, the second from five to ten. Uh, Dr. Amos Wilson in uh, Awakening the Black Genius of Black Children said that he noticed that, and I, I, I can speak to this from my personal experience, that most black children, in this case black males, are potentially academic geniuses until the third grade. Age eight. Actually, that's Age exactly eight. what he said. Yeah. I watched the shit myself. Some of the things that he noted that took place regarding the behavior patterns 
of African children at the age of eight who have been indoctrinated by a Eurocentric educational system, which is essentially a, a, a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant teachings. All of a sudden, things that are innate to them, like math, becomes a problem. You know, they 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 don't think that learning is African. You know, they they accept being uh uh, uh mediocre. And Dr. Amos Wilson didn't do this by looking at one child. Let's establish that. He did extensive work on this, that he could pinpoint the age, third grade, age eight. That a child, a, a male child, a male African child, just killing math, out the gate. After third grade, you start to see changes happening. That A starts to become a B. You're like, what the fuck going on? Not even realizing that the lies that that child is being taught in that classroom is starting to take hold in the psyche. And then you add on, if you're putting your child with, with the religion of perversion, that just doubled the effect. Hey there. Black Power? Black Power. My sister, come here. I, I, I think that was rather interesting what uh, Amos Wilson was stating because I even remember that he wasn't the only one who made that assessment regarding age. There's an old saying that the Catholic Church has that if they can get your child. From the, I think from the second grade to eight, they have them for life. What does that mean? The foundational teachings that the children learn in that second trimester of their life will be the fundamental thought processes that take place that will be used throughout the rest of their life. They got it down so packed they say, if we can get your child, this is the Catholic Church, to attend our, you know, the Catholic Church. And if they attend church regularly, up to the point that they're in eight, you know, at the age of eight, they they have them for life. They like to tell us that we learn, you know, what's the religious thing that they're saying? The parents are responsible for the child until the age of thirteen, right? Every, every decision after the child makes is on the, is on the accountability of the child, right? That can be true to some extent, but it has to be tweaked. Why? Because. Before the child, you know, the child also is learning the protocol of what's right and wrong in the society. When Amos Wilson came out with that, he, he spoke right to me. I was getting straight A's and B's in grammar school to the third grade. At the age of eight, especially black males, they started visual, they started, they started assessing themselves in terms of their self-worth. And what's their, you know, a man must know his place in society. At the age of eight. Young black men already make that conscious decision in their subconscious mind to look for solid black images, solid black roles. If you don't see that nowhere in society, not on TV, you don't see them in institutions that are teaching, what happens? A resentment of self-worthlessness develops. I have nothing to contribute to the system. Why? 
I don't see myself in this system. This this this, this quest starts. You start, then now at, you this, you're already at the age of eight. Now let's just say you're going to school and you're going to church, or you're going to the mosque, whatever. The child automatically starts assessing themselves and start questioning how they look in God's eyes. They they know about God. They know about what it means to be black in society at the age of eight. Something's going to happen. They're going to pick one or the other, right? <laughs> Both of them dangerous. They say, well, I can't make a society, but but I'm going to keep praying. And it becomes a, a double sword to the child. So, to you know, to, to give some solutions, basically to make an assessment, the first, the second trimester, meaning, well, when we gather as elders, and we, we say we, we, you know, we're gonna run the protocol to run, you know, a test run on one generation of children. We're gonna see immediately results within that second trimester. That second, the second trimester phase, that's gonna be the booming period. I asked Sister Camille how would she feel as a mother, because we know no one can protect you like your mother. No one put the protection on the child more than the mother. So you have a mother who was taking an uncompromising stand on making sure her children learns an African-centered education that's deeply rooted in the uh, 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 opinions and philosophies of Marcus Garvey. You're gonna have a superwoman on your team. You know, mama can come. My mama can save you for almost anything. They trying to they trying to take mama's power now, but it's still there. You see what I'm saying? So imagine, you know, when you, when your mama don't want you hanging with certain kind of friends. Imagine how your mama gonna go when she don't want you hanging around with certain people who have a non-African agenda. Who's gonna? You see the point I'm making? Shay, Black Power, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's an excellent point you're making, King. An excellent point. Now, we we cleared up definitions so we can get solutions. What is the definition? Of pan-Africanism, we need every every fear on the ground member because we so, you know, we like the dream team over here. You, you know, I want to, you know, I'm, I'm asking this question to all my teammates, you know, to give to see so outsiders can hear who, who are listening to the show. They can say, hmm, these niggas something, you know what I mean? But they all got their perspectives on it. But it seems that they all got the genuinely same agenda. So, so you know, anybody can go first, and I, I go last. Okay, well, I'll stop out the gate. To me, Pan-Africanism, for me, is like-minded Africans upon Jeb that are African uncompromisingly. African first, second, and third in their psyche. It starts in the mind, and it will therefore carry forth in the action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say, for, your, for your brother Little, shit, man, everything I do, everything I walk, motherfucker, feel me? How uh, nigga talk, how uh, nigga think? God damn it, nigga, what do you dress like? God damn it, you know what I'm saying? This shit, this nigga, it's the way of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, 
to to me, black uh, Pan Africanism is like Bubba Little just espoused. Uh, it's a way of life. It's one of understanding who you are as a people, the things that you're going through to get to where you are. You know what I'm saying? And what you got to do to come up out of it. It sets you in a place to know who your uh, enemies are in this, uh, you know, on the planet. And also, it's a connecting factor to all those to all those other Africans all across the planet. And, you know, we have to, uh, uh, let me see what else I, I, will, I will go along with that. But yeah, it, it's basically, it's, it is the code of life that you live by. You know what I mean? Pan-Africanism, it consists of more than just uh, waving a flag of red, black, and green, but it, it consists of on a day-to-day basis doing everything that you can to move your African nation forward to freedom. You know, and and as Mr. Camille said, it's an uncompromising uh, ideology. It's a it's an uncompromising thought that Africa is first, Africa is second, Africa is third. You know what I mean? It's the understanding that Africa is the home, is the throne, and the world is our home. That we, you know, that we are the um, originators, and that's what we got to get back to. That's what Pan Africanism is to me, and it's just that. That undying understanding that we are one people as African, we are one African people. That don't include non-Africans. We are one African people, and that our way out is through that understanding. Shay. Uh, let's see who else on the who else on the line up here. Yes, brother. Hey, Rule, brother Carlos, brother hey. Tim. Yeah, I see if she's, she's listening. She on that's the sister of the is race first. You know what I'm saying? They got other people out there but they not they not talking. That's what I said, I show I show people calling and they listen. Because this what it's this what it's about. This is what rhetoric you know what I mean? And look, we doing we giving the rhetoric. We must be doing a good job. So people don't mind coming in and just listening to our to our diatribe. Listening to the information because they're being informed. They know a lot of times people call in, and like I said, I got people like family and friends who call in, and they just tell me that they just call in just to listen. You know, they like, y'all don't got too much to say. I just want to hear what y'all, what y'all talking about. I just call in just to listen to the information. Exactly. And what y'all just heard right there was three particular definitions of pan Africanism. Pan-Africanism was a culture started from the reaction of white oppression and white domination. The key mark, hallmark for that, you know, the, the father of the movement, if, if you will, was Marcus Massar Garvey. From my interpretation, because we all have our different interpretations, but as long as we have a general idea what the fuck, he, you know, what's sure. going on. He was the first international African. African-centered. Right. Yeah. African. The philosophy, in my opinion, of Marcus Garvey was just like Sister Camille said. He pro- he promoted an African-centered, African-first political idea that mm-hmm. should infiltrate every every totality of your life. 
Pan-Africanism is a conscious decision of Africans all throughout the diaspora, making the collective effort to claim their own, you know, to say, you know what, we all come from the same, we all come from the same African womb, and we all have the same African homeland. And even though, we, you know, it's a conscious decision of saying, we know and recognize how we got to America. If you're an African who's in uh, South America, you know how you got to, you know, you, to South America. If you are an African and you're in Europe, you know how you got to Europe. And, and the form of Pan-Africanism is making the collective conscious decision to say, I know how I got here. I know where I come from. I know where I must go. And if I don't have the money to funds to get there, I'm going to put it, my continent of Africa in a nationalist perspective. In my opinion, Pan-Africanism is Africanizing everything in your life. You're a Christian. You will come from an African method type of Christian type of background. If you're a Muslim, this is behind me, you will have an African interpretation of Islam. You wouldn't be following no Pakistani Arab. You would be looking for the Ethiopian or the African side of Islam, which is there. If you're in education, you will look for an African side of education. If you're in politics, you will look for an African. You see the Pan-American? And it's very simple and practical. That's why it was so successful. That's why it is so successful. Not was. That's why it is so successful because it's very practical. It's Africanizing every aspect of your life. Now, for, now for niggas trying to critique another individual, like I uh, heard, and you know, shit, you know, we also we also talk about conduct too, because I find it very disturbing for a grown ass man to talk, you know, to. Text a woman some shit like that. And for a motherfucking outsider, for an individual to have a program called In the Black Radio, and even you listen to his background, they really aren't African centered at all. Those are called sugar coated soldiers, sugar coated revolutionaries. Nigga, we see you. And you sticking out. Why? Because you fail to. You fail to practice the the one aspect that Marcus Garvey stressed the most. Africanize every totality of your life. Africanize your politics, everything. That's not what they're doing over there. You're going to listen to, see, they're kicking rhetoric of confusion. They're spreading confusion. See, everybody kicking rhetoric. But the rhetoric of Marcus Garvey is one of action. The, the, the rhetoric of Marcus Garvey is one of practicality, very practical, can be put in place doesn't need a dogmatic leader to put it in place. Just a motherfucker who's going to read this shit and stand on it and defend mm -hmm. it. That's it. Ashe. And, you know, funny you say that because in Dr. Clark's um, African World Revolution, African at the Crossroads, and he's dealing with four of uh, our greats, you know, uh, Garvey, Malcolm, you know, uh, Lumumba, and um, and Karumba, right? He says here that Marcus Garvey, that we need to look at Marcus Garvey as an institution builder. He attempted to build institutions among blacks similar to those whites had directly under their control that showed no visible interest in blacks. He established the Black Cross Nurses as a substitute for Red Cross Nurses. And something that Brother Little and 
feet on the ground kings espouse upon all the time, which nobody else does, in my opinion. His organization was paramilitary with a respected mm -hmm. officer corps. Mm -hmm. yeah. He Africanized everything, as the brother said. I want to, I got to put this out here. I told, it's well documented and it's very well recorded. I'm, I, I, if I, I told Unc, nigga, you're not qualified to talk about evolution. I'm telling Jaime and O-Dog and in the black media, y'all not qualified to talk about African, pan-Africanism or red, black, and green at all. Black power. Black power. Uh, speaking of red, black, and green, I want to put this in. It was 1920, August the 13th, that the flag was voted on to be red, black, and green, and for it to be ordered in that in that mannerism. So today was the day that the red, black, and green flag was made official. Salute our flag, raise it high. You know, you might need to play that that RBG anthem. You know, like I do early in the morning in my, my headphone. I play this in the morning, wake me up. So, uh, I just wanted to put that in there real fast, in order for us to get a context of what we're dealing with. And I, I wonder if this would be uh, some of the information that would be spit out when we're being critiqued. You know? And I'm not even going so I'm gonna go straight to I'm gonna go straight to some other shit. I don't even want to talk about them because they went they went too reckless. The the young boy went too reckless today. He started saying that, you know, he just went reckless. His, his man, you know, his man uh I guess his man was trying to clean it up or whatever, but he went just too reckless. And so when your mouth was I mean, I give I give people some some room, some space to be able to see that we can get along in the same line. Because I don't mind you having your own thought. You know what I mean? But once you step out of out of um, once you step out of what our deems as our boundaries for each other, man, and I can't won't be no uh, we can't reconciliate. Won't be no reconciliation. You know, this man is is loose out there. But I'm glad that they, uh, glad that they uh, spoke of us in the mannerism of those who put out this rhetoric. Very thankful for that. And one of the reasons why we're having so much angst is because of our positions. And I just want to put this in. This is from uh, Brother Professor Kamal R. Cambone. I know some people are familiar with him. If not, um, you can look him up. His uh, name is K-A-M-A-U-R, period, K-A-M-B-O-N, Kamal Cambone. Um, you can look up Professor Kamal Cambone. If you put his name in, uh, more than likely several YouTube videos will pop up with his brother speaking. And he states something. He states, we once believed 
that racism was a sickness. But we were wrong in this assumption because sickness implies curability. European racism is a terminal disease. Um, our people must come to understand that all Europeans are inherently racist. Now, people want us to forget this so we can go march along hand in hand with the crackers. You know, also, they want, they want lives, like I said, we 50 years out of slavery, right? 50 years out of slavery, we see the psyches of our people. We see some coming up, some staying stagnant, some going down. It's a cycle. So we're 50 years out. But one thing that you got to know that is revolution, this is for Kwame Ture, uh, a.k.a. Stokely Carmichael, who, uh, and the reason why I'm throwing this in is because we, it's, you know, uh, Brother Mick around me, or that was me, you know, Brother Lennon. Oh, that was all of us who were speaking on this earlier. But uh, speaking on this gentleman earlier, Stokely Carmichael, but one thing that he said is revolution is not a speed race. It is a race for he who runs for the, to the end of his life. It is not a race for racehorses. It is a race for war horses. So I just wanted to put those two uh, pieces in real quick. And, you know, some of my... Uh, some of the, you know, some of the great quotes by a couple of our ancestors, ancestors and elders, and then I'll go in one more about Marcus Garvey in a, in a little bit. Hey, hey, Brother B, let me add real quick while you're talking about Brother uh, Kamal uh, Campbell. Uh, he got that video where he say on C-SPAN, exterminate the cracker, you know? So uh, that brother right there will always be uh, dear to my heart. You know what I mean? That's a real one. That's a real elder. Mm-hmm. Ashe. And, uh, and, and his son in Ghana, and his son in Ghana is is, is a real linguist of all the African languages. So they really doing it. And he practice. Uh, he, he's a capoeira expert. Mm. Uh, definitely somebody to look into. Him and his wife actually built their own home by their hands because he said he just wasn't going to give the crackers no money. Even while working at the, uh, he be working at the college, taking their money. See, this is how you reappropriate the resources. He took their resources from out of there, put them into what he wanted to do, and said, I won't be giving them back to you. Thank you. Not giving them back, though. Yeah, Black Power Brother, make a ride. My bad. I didn't mean to cut you off, my brother. No, you straight. You straight, brother. You right on point. Right on point because this is something, you know, This is a, when you hear about, when we talk about Pan-Africanism, this is the talk of a group, a nation of people. And we, you know, and we on feel on the ground, we talk very generalized, Information because it's coming from the, the standpoint of a nation. Mm-hmm. That's what first. It's putting our nation first, second, and third. So you know, sometimes unapologetically, unapologetically, it's Pan Africanism is the essential selfishness of nationhood. I'm talking about you know we 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 collectively talk about 
raising strong, selfish African centered children who don't have no uh, don't have no time to give any other organization their intellectual uh, uh, wealth. They are they are pulling themselves towards one movement and one goal, and they're putting all their brain power, all their physical energy, all their economics toward that. Go talk. Why? This can be easily achieved with a younger generation than trying to attempt to reform some house niggas. I say. When you look at the army military, they don't look to recruit no old niggas. They even put a limit, 18 or 32. <laughs> There's certain criteria that has to be met. You could be in physically fit condition, but they one day looking for your psychological development. They're looking for the younger you are, the more acceptable you are to certain things. We're taking that instead of making, we're taking that, and because there's been a negative effect on us, we Africanizing it, thus improving it, thus revising it. Mm. Does create revisionist history, which is what yeah. needed. Yeah. I got one more. I got one more quote. So I got one more quote, real quick, by Kobe KK Cambone. Um, Our ancestors courageously fought back against these barbaric destroyers of African life, and we, their descendants, have and continue to shamefully dishonor them. Our African cultural sovereignty by form by forming these intimate associations with the religious belief system and cultural structures of the enemies of our ancestors, the enemies of African people, hence our own enemies. You know, and uh, this is this is one uh this is another one of the quotes that I like. This is and these quotes are in the back of a Sapo, a warrior's guide to manhood by M. Walinu um Bomani Baruti. I, I think it's an excellent piece of literature to, to pick up. Yeah. Let's talk. And the the main tool used to reinforce that African child with that security of relevancy is history. When you have a thorough when you have a thorough knowledge and understanding and understanding of history, you know certain realities. You it takes a lot of pressure off of you. But you know that, for example, the African is older than the word Allah. The African is older than the word Jesus. The African is older than the word monotheism. The African is older than the word polytheism. The African is so old, he's tried them all because the African is the first. So the African can use some of them or none of them. And that has been the case. And in 2015, we we're starting to see, and I'm not because Mikola is saying so, we're starting to see a strong numbers of individuals who are increasing, who are pushing the line, saying we don't need religion. We need, you see that's part maker? Mm-hmm. If niggas always talk about, you know, we need to get with the times. We need to adjust to the times. Niggas, the only reason some of these religious niggas pick up Marcus Garvey's book is because in their interpretation, they think Marcus Garvey is saying it's still okay to be an Arab Christian or Arab a Muslim. You see what I'm saying? And they take that one little thing and ride with that to justify their behavior. 
Because all behavior must be justified or rationale, especially if, if it's behavior that's not rewarding by the powers that be. You see what I'm saying? Ashe. And uh, Dr. Amos Wilson, who uh, has said and has written that Marcus Garvey is who changed his life. And um, before he had passed, I don't even know if he got to complete it, he was writing a play on the life of Marcus Garvey. But Marcus Garvey's would inspired him to do his Abibi Fahodier work. And I just want to share what he says about religion and his um, the falsification of an African consciousness. He says here, their religion, handed down by their oppressors, promised them rescue, a Messiah, a Moses, pie in the sky, and thus their revolutionary, excuse me, and thus their revolutionary will is pacified. They wait on the Lord, the tribulation, and are gratified by religious ecstasy. Their oppressors are thus permitted to enjoy heaven on earth at their expense. Religions become the opaque of the oppressed, and conversely, opaques become their religions. And their addiction to both materially benefits their oppressors and exploiters. And Brother Minkara, uh, what time is it right now? Okay, so we done had two, almost two cracker beast bitches in the next 15 minutes out of Russia murdered. And I want to say, you show you the effect of the religions of, of perversion by the cracker beast on, on so-called uh, black men. I'm not going to even give them the title African. I'm just going to say black. It's their willingness to uh, brutalize and attack their African sister. As we know, all those that adhere to the religions of perversion of the cracker beast have a disdain for the African woman. We know that the cracker beast, through and it shows in their religious perversion, can't stand their women. They are homosexual by, by nature. We know that from the Arab religion of perversion of Islam, we see how they do their women. So we see when we have black men that are still mentally enslaved by the religions of perversion, which makes you weak, they have no problem attacking their African counterpart queen. No problem. But meanwhile, don't have that same gumption to attack another man, just like the Crackabees. Just like a hyena, queen. Ashe. Just like a hyena. That's some hyena shit. Because the hyena male is weak as hell. A fellow, a fellow lion wants the pride, so we got to get down with the other nigga to come take the pride. You dig it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Black Power family. Folks. Can y'all hear me? And a lion. Oh, queen. Oh, queen. What up, Queen Black Power? Black like, Power, I, black. you know, I, I just really found it odd that, you know, for a person to, you know, for another man to call a woman a bitch, but at the same time, you know what I'm saying, when a, when a man is, is talking about your damn family, you don't say a motherfucking thing. That is some weak-ass shit. And then the thing about it is, you know, it wasn't like you couldn't told her, you know, at least on the phone, ear to ear, not really face to face, but ear to ear, you had opportunity. You know, you came hijack, tried to hijack the show for two, three hours. You could have spoke that thing. 
But then you want to go type it, though. <laughs> Bitch ass. I say on that, and I, I, I even told the nigga, he wants somebody to talk to, he can talk to me for the little. That, 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 that's my department, nigga. I love that shit. That's the equivalent. I didn't know that. I didn't know that until later. That's the equivalent of uh, 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 me arguing with a nigga, and then he wait till he see my 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 queen in traffic and get at her. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) But see, but see, that bitch move right there will mark your bitch ass. Niggas get ate up for less. That shit right there, that's lunch meat, nigga. But, King, what I'm, I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to put it out there 100, because, that nigga, I don't fold. When y'all bitch niggas see Brother Little, you owe me a fade. On everything, you owe me a fade. Already. Already. No hard passes. Ain't no need to talk about nothing. Nigga, I'm going to say I'm Brother Little. I know who you is. What happened? And I'm going to take off on you. You take off back, that's on you, nigga. But you're going to get took off on, on everything. Open hand slap, nigga, because you's a bitch. No knuckles <laughs> for you, nigga. Black pal. And let's, hey, let's keep it real. I really feel for that for that sister that they got in their bunch. If, if, them, if, if them niggas will snap on Sister Camille like that, sister, they will snap on you the same way. Come on over here on feet on the ground. That's the command that could, you know, build with you. We got the sister you just heard, you know. And, and sister, could you give us your interpretation of Pan-Africanism now that you're on the line, Queen? Um, well, for number one, I, I, I want to also say that, you know, with me trying to get to Pan, to, you know, Pan-Africanism, I done had to really deprogram myself from, you know, the the indoctrination, the the religion and shit that I came up with to even, you know, find my way back to Africa. But, you know, I feel it's, it's basically anything that is African and it has nothing to do with anything that's anti-African, which, you know, the religion, um, the cracker, um, self-hatred, you know, none of that is uh, affiliated, you know, with Pan-Africanism. Um, and also I want to say that, you know what I'm saying, the red, black, and green flag, that's basically, you know what I'm saying, the, the national flag, our national flag, the battle flag, you know, when it's time when it's time to go down, you know, that's where we're going to fly. Black power. Black power. Now I got one more question for you. Black power. Mm-hmm. The same question I asked us to come in. Queen, do you feel that we can raise, being a student mother and a teacher, do you feel that we can raise a strong generation of African children void of religion? Um, I'm going to have to answer the same way the sister did. You know, it's necessary. You know, like I just said, all of the, the, the brainwashing, I'm still having to fix, you know, the shit from then. You know, some shit I catch myself doing. I'm still trying to recover from that. That shit is dangerous. You know, that's the it's the same reason why people act like that they don't want to make heaven here on earth. 
said Cracker tell you, you know, look, you, you ain't going to get your heaven until you die. That's when you get your heaven. So everybody mm. trying to, you know, you know, pray or uh, whatever they trying to do, live right with. Don't worry about it, you know. Uh, God going to get you know, we'll get it, you know, when we leave here. And, and then at the same, I can't remember who said this, but one of the um, the master teachers was like, everybody got their damn heaven here on earth. The white man, the Chinese man, but we the only one who got to wait till we die. Fuck that. Black power, queen. Black, Black power. power. That's the car. Black queen. power. God, job. Black power. Thank you, sister. Any questions well, for the queen? You know, because it's really, that's that's the question. I had to think about it. I thought about it. I was like, why did I ask that weak ass? Why did I ask Jaime that shit? You know, the philosophy, you know, the ideology that the woman has on her child is really going to be the last, the last impression. Then the daddy, the daddy's job is to shape it and mold it, right? But no man can, no man can define the mother's dream for the child. If the mama say, "I'm finna raise these," these gonna be some strong black warriors. Who the fuck's to tell? Who, who's to tell the mother that, that that ain't gonna happen? She gonna make sure it happens. So yeah, well, you know this this discusses for queens. I want to read an African proverb to, to, to put on that. Where a woman rules, streams run uphill. <laughs> okay. The, the, the source of where we came from. Like I said on the last show, it is only the African warrior that has ever had love for his mama, his woman, and his daughter. No other degenerate form of kind of man can say that. It's not in their history. It is only in our African-centered history where where our men loved us so dearly that they upheld us. They protected us. They gave their life for us. No other man could touch us. Isn't that Imagine how, how beautiful that had to be, to be surrounded around that 360 degrees for thousands of years, millions of years. That kind of security, that kind of love, that kind of protection. And, and that's what sisters find, like myself, when I came to feet on the ground. I found security. I found myself amongst real African men. I found it to be attractive, and I gravitated towards it like I'm supposed to, because I'm a strong African woman. I'm supposed to gravitate towards strong African men. I say. And it's funny because there's a you know when you when you identify with Pan Africanism and you reflect on the zoo animals that run through run freely, it's the reason why these Africans not we're not just talking about Egyptians Africans we're talking about the majority of Africans culture period 
they refer to that mother, you know, to nature as having a feminine aspect to her. And even putting the mother in front of it. Why? Because to some extent, this as a mother protects her child, nature's doing the same thing for the African. You see what I'm saying? So if if, if the African is the first the first person on the planet, the oldest person on the planet, naturally selected, and that's because Mother Nature's on our side. So, you know, I, I, I figure this out even relationships. When you keep something from your queen, man, that shit just blows up in your face. But when she, you, she give you the blessings on it, that shit, yo, tenfold. How is that? Why is that? Like, 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 John Henry Clark stated, whenever we get lost and confused about this society, all we need to do is reflect back on history. Pick any African nation. Just You can pick any African nation. We didn't have any jails. Because no one went to jail. We didn't have insane asylums because we didn't have no crazy people. We didn't have orphanages because we didn't throw away our children. We didn't have retirement homes because we didn't disregard our elderly. We must have been doing something right. No such thing as a a woman beater. Not even a word to describe. And, And if he did, he was ostracized within the community. No word for rape. No word for rape. It's one of the biggest illusions that Europeans have painted as well is that why the philosophy of Marcus Garvey? I'm going to quote Dr. Clark on this one. Because when Europeans started colonializing us, they also started colonializing information about the world. Very important. The best filter for truth in this colonialized information era is an African-centered criteria on how to filter out information. That's the first thing. If you don't know how to go about that, call in the field on the ground because that's the main tool we use as the filter for information. How does it appeal? We first thing we do is we ask questions. Why? How? When and where? Then you take it from there. You see what I'm saying? But if information are colonialized if Europeans are colonializing information about the world, what's the main vehicle used to do that? Religion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to put this in. This, it goes along with what you said. This is by a quote by his brother, I am Nur, and he a writer, uh, younger writer. He just his uh, he got a book called What Is Blackness, 
But this is a this is a little piece from the brother writes, um, given all that we know about our conditioning and our oppression, what hope do we have of ever returning to our right minds? Well, there is one thing that gives us some hope, and that one thing is the fact that not all of us are fully under their control. A few of us dropped out of the system before the conditioning cycles were completed. Others somehow evaded certain essential aspects of the conditioning process, and a few, for some reason, began to question the right world world's motivation early in their school or work assignments. But regardless of how it happened, just know that some of these dropouts, evaders, and questioners have taken it upon themselves to seek out a real education. This undertaking first required that they uncover the real truth of our relationship with this white-dominated world. Also of importance is the fact that the alternative education these brothers and sisters pursue is based on independent analysis. This means that even though they also run up against many subtle as well as flagrant lies during their studies, they are in a better psychological state to get answers by thinking outside the box. Their vantage point allows them to ask the right questions and search for answers that are both logical and historically accurate. Black power. I like to say that that perfectly describes my family members here on Feet on the Ground. Shaking. Oh. And like the sister said, this is this is an everyday process. It's a conscious process because you have to you you have to consciously check yourself from behavior patterns that you were taught to do. You see what I'm saying when you. When, when certain uh, events take place in your life, you were supposed to pray a certain way. Ask you, you see what I'm saying? And we, we have to constantly check ourselves. Oh, here I go with that. I got to check myself from going to type, into that type of personality, that type of mind frame. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And the better you get at it, the better you good at it, the better you get at it, the better you are to assess the effects on children. And the reason why you 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 have that respect is the child won't have to check themselves because they'll be void of it. It'll be it won't it won't be a part of their consciousness at all. That's the that's the main reason why we going through this whole thing. So they don't have to they don't have to you know like like most of us. Like I speak for myself. I was a Muslim for ten years and I had to snap. You know I, I wasted ten years of my life on that shit. And I could have put that ten years towards red, black, and green from the get go. You see what I'm saying? And you know you put more energy to someone when you're younger. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as the African proverbs go, the family is the army. Mm-hmm. No, no, no more saying nothing less, no more. You know, uh, the question was asked last show that you asked. What is your what is your flag? You know what I'm saying? Tell me what your flag looks like. Tell me what your flag is. And from that point right there, we can see where we're at as a people because the flag in those nations, and the nation has a lot of breakdowns in it. You know, you know what I'm saying? The nation also consists of the family. Because the family consists of you and the individual doing everything that you can do to get the individual, getting the family right, to get the nation right. We were, as the Akan, 
as the Khan say, the family is an army. So if you can't get your family militarized, I mean, like, how we, you know, listen, we're not trying to win this war with just, oh, we want the rest of the, we want the rest of the nation to jump on our backs. And we carry the rest of the Africans to victory. I would love to do that. I wouldn't have no problem with doing it if I could put them all on my back. I know those who love our people would have no problem with saying, you know what, our people ain't got to do nothing. If we could just take the fight and just do it, y'all can just coast in. But this ain't the situation we're dealing with. We're dealing with a situation where you can look out into the world and see the structure is set up for every family to be at war against the Africans. This is a total family structure. This is not individually. This is something that is taught. The, uh, it is inculcated, indoctrinated with this side of the people. So this is something that we have to be aware of as uh, African people to denote that nation is built upon the family first. That's going to be your army first. It's going to be where your military starts first. That's where you're going to understand how to take orders, how to give orders. As a child, you learn how to take orders. As a though you learn how to give orders. During that time, though, you learn how to, where was the medium ground for things that were for things that were said, how to get the most out of each other. So this is what we have to do. We have, we have to learn that that's our focus, that's what we're pushing. Ashe. Mm-hmm. Um, let me. Can I ask a question? Um, like, don't the Muslims believe that they're not African, that they Asiatic, or something like that? Now that depends. On, like that's the that's the nation of Islam rhetoric. That come on. That come along with the nation of Islam, the Moors, nation guys of Earth, and stuff like that. That's their. Uh, that's what they say about. Uh, who they are as a people. And most times when you hear them say that, they strive to make a connection that once upon a time, the whole of the globe was called Asia. So when they say Asiatic, they're not referring to Asia as the landmass as we know it now, but they want to say that they're referring to the whole earth. Um, Yeah, yeah, that ain't really the... Because, you know, regular Muslims say they come up out of Abraham, so they're from Turkey. You know, they're from the Caucasus Mountains. That's where everybody. That's where everybody's supposed to be from. If you go along with the, if you go along with the story, Noah and them ended up in Turkey, and from there, all of the rest of the people came back on the planet. Mhm. But I ain't never heard of an Asiatic red, black, and green movement. Because my next question was going to be how you going to say you African first and you don't even think your people from Africa. Okay. Like like Guest 10. I, I don't know if Guest 10 is the weak-ass Jaime or the weak-ass old dog, but don't be a bitch. I mean, well, it's your nature. You can't help it. But try to find some kind of African manhood huh. and, 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 and voice your, your own line. Must not be too thrilling over there, huh? Don't got too many people on the line. 
Is that what it is? Well, we got we got, yeah, we man, got we... guests in here. <laughs> guests in here acting a fool. I'm in here. I'm looking at something else. I'm reading actually a couple of different things, trying to pull pull this information from Marcus Garvey and his books. I don't have the stuff highlighted. I just read his books. So I got to read through this so I can remember what pages certain things on. Let me just say, guest ten in here acting a fool. I might need to be kicked out. No, don't kick him out. Don't kick him out. They coward. They coward dice reflects while they stand in their chat room, and not they don't want they, they don't want their words to manifest in anything. Uh, you know, it's the regular man. You know, who knows these these slick guys? They part of WWE, man. You know, when you with the WWE, NWA, and all that, man, they about they about sneak recording conversation. <laughs> you know, they they, they, they be into whole type of other FBI type shit. You know, it's hard to even talk to them. You know, we know this being recorded, but then you record it and you double record that shit. All type of shit. You can't have a whole phone conversation with. Them. Like the that suit makes- that said, the weak gravitate towards the strong. You see where we at. Yeah, man, we here. We <laughs> home. <laughs> <laughs> Weak ass niggas on the line. <laughs> Shout out to Brother Carl because he, he pointed that out. He said, Sister Camille has a remarkable talent of bringing out the wholeness and soft niggas, bringing out the moisture niggas. You know what I'm saying? Niggas moist. Yo, son, yo, yo, start be using that shit so yo, your niggas be super moist. <laughs> a strong African woman will do that. We're not made for weak-ass men. We're not made for that. So that's what will happen, you know, when they come across one. Oh. I want to thank my father for marrying a strong African queen. My mama, a strong woman, I'm going to say this again, a strong African woman can only have a strong African man. That's her only counterpart. Mm-hmm. How am I going to lay next to a man that let a, 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 a self-hating, religion of perversion nut, shit on his grandmama? And the nigga, nah, he ain't really mean it like that. Nigga saying, yeah, fuck your grandmama too. <laughs> if you won't stand for your grandmama, how you gonna stand for me and our baby? You gotta make an example out of somebody. <laughs> you got to say something. You can't. You, you can't. You, you got. You can't just be quiet on that situation. And you can't tell this man he don't mean what he's saying. When he's saying, no, no, nigga, I mean that. I already told the African little African boy, he can't eat where the fuck we eating at. So fuck all Africans, and I mean your grandmother. And, and they was like, even his grandmother, well, look, man, yeah, which her too. Y'all, y'all want to throw her in here? You want to throw her in there? Yeah, well, that's what she is, man. That's what I'm supposed to say. I'm going to back off of that? Nah, I'm backing down. Oh, look, and all I heard was cricket. Cricket, cricket. <laughs> In the background, yeah. and you say shit. 
Yo, the niggas, the weak-ass niggas there even <laughs> said, like, man, you on the phone. I mean, it ain't like y'all face. Niggas, say something. Stand up, do something. <laughs> crickets, like the queen said. Crickets. But we but we gangsters on FB. Yeah. yeah. We got a lot to say. Now, nigga, Khalif said, fuck your grandmother back. And then if he wanted to play that, he was really there for another subject. Nigga, fuck your grandmama too. And then went off into whatever he was talking about. At least it would have been like you threw a blow back. Not just covered up. And took the pounding. I say. I You know. <laughs> it's sad. Nigga coming to our chat room <laughs> and put a list of for they sad, pathetic, faking. African religion of perversion, weak ass bitch show. Who the fuck do that? But a nigga with no listeners. They got plenty, they, they got plenty. We the ones mad. We mad over here because our, our listeners like to listen. They ain't coming in. They and listen. Let me tell you something. That 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 look right. That is a respect for the family on the line. Is that our callers call in? To genuinely listen, not call in and be like, yo, listen, and be like, these motherfuckers don't know what they're talking about. We need to talk. And we don't mind family coming in and speaking. That's no problem. But it just shows the quality of the information that's being given out by the people who are on the panel. You know what I'm saying? Uh, my, fellow, my fellow hosts on the show. Okay. And everybody, and everybody who chimed in. That go from uh, Sister Panther to, you know what I mean, Sister, uh, you know, Sister McGee, Brother Chan. That go to every, that go to everybody who come in and genuinely into, you know, when family come in, we, we that's what we, that's what we do. Mm-hmm. So, be respectful of the motherfucking, uh, of the mic. Be respectful of the show. Be respectful of what RBG is, mind your manners, and and realize sometimes some shit you say might not really be what it is. We find ourselves in this situation here tonight dealing with Marcus Garvey, the philosophy of Marcus Garvey, rhetoric or reality. You know what I mean? And what we've come to find is that the rhetoric is the only reality. Exactly. The work has been done. Work ain't the quest. We we reaching our hundred year anniversary, right, family? Well, ready. Okay. A hundred years, and we still stand. See, what motherfuckers don't see. See, you can tell who internalized the philosophies of Marcus Garvey. You can tell because you can't hide a truth like that. For example, Malcolm X. Malcolm X was more influenced by Marcus Garvey's ideas and opinions than he was really by that of Elijah Muhammad. It's funny because Elijah Muhammad and Noble Drew both say that they were uh, once Garveyites. 
But mm-hmm. it's really not truthful because they only said that they were Gargoyles to because they wanted to associate themselves with greatness. But they weren't Gargoyles in terms of internalizing his message. Why? Because if Mar- if you were if you grew up in the era and you met Marcus Garvey and you heard his voice and the conviction in his voice and the way he promoted a proud, a very proud connection with being African. If you were taught that and then you deviated, like the sister said, to being an Asiatic black man, you didn't internalize his concepts at all. You just associated yourself with greatness. That's all you did. Because you wanted that greatness for yourself. Marcus, I mean, look, 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 look at the effects that Marcus Garvey had on Malcolm X's father. The message that Marcus Garvey gave uh, Malcolm X's father gave that brother enough strength. See, motherfuckers don't know this. Go into Malcolm X's book. Y'all know that his daddy built that house himself, right? He was a black man that had money. He knew how to, he knew how to manage his money. He was secure enough where he didn't have to have a group of motherfuckers with him to stand on the same leg. He knew that anywhere I go, if there's black people, I'm going to have a positive influence on them, right? Built his house from scratch and bought property. When he moved, that scene y'all see in the movie when they burn his house down, that's when he, they were jealous because he moved and bought the land and built the house. Whites were jealous of that black man. And was promoting that same self-sufficiency among that community. And the price was death. But look at, look at the security he had. He didn't have a, he was, huh? They didn't, they, they even had to portray that in the movie. Huh? Killed that six you get what's wrong here? I'm a man. And I'm aware, man, wear no sheeps. You take these little bullets for those sheeps. He by himself and his queen, busting back. Look at the effects that when, when Malcolm X's father died on his mother. Hmm? Now, if Elijah Muhammad and Noble Drew Ali had leadership and they own organizations and personally knew Marcus Garvey, you would see that same effect. You would see it on a more you would see it on a, you would see more numbers because they had the numbers. You wanna see you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Shay. See what they did, they got scared. When they seen how the United States government came after Marcus Masada Garvey, they changed their rhetoric. They said we can't we, we we could talk about the white man, the white man could be a devil, but we could never truly be African. Why? Because that will unite us to our brother's struggle. We can't have a un- international cause. I'll let you niggas uh, argue in y'all front yard, but y'all can't be you not fighting niggas all over the all over the state of Georgia now. You see what I'm saying? I ain't got no problem with a few niggas having a little barbecue here and there, but damn it, they, they talking about having the whole state have barbecue. So it's, it's okay to have a few isolated incidences. White man cool with that, but nothing of unity. And where'd it go? Where is it now? Where, I mean, Elijah Muhammad did take the nationality and the business part of it and had many lucrative businesses that the nation have. But if I'm not mistaken, the only business that the Nation of Islam have is the Salam restaurant. That's it. The brothers out there selling the newspaper for $2 a dollar piece to keep Farrakhan's light bill on. 
paying his mortgage? Why is he coming out of retirement now? Shit, he wasn't in retirement. This little movement, the money he's going to generate is going to be his retirement. That's it. Mm-hmm. Oh, you niggas, you didn't think he, you thought he was doing it for free, y'all? There's only one letter between the word free and feet. <laughs> and that all stands for are you getting paid or are you paying? The question has to be asked, what do you expect to happen at Washington, D.C. on that date? What do you expect to happen? And if your expectations aren't met, what are you willing to do? What are you going to do? How did he appeal to your... What made you want to go in the first place? Why now? Why there? Why him? Mm-hmm. Especially why, why now? The nigga must not be watching yeah. Ferguson. They fucking Ferguson up. They rioting all throughout Baltimore and shit. Why if not? He, if I go down there, if we go to tear up D.C., we ain't fit tear up D.C. Niggas ain't gonna turn a cup over. Them, them niggas ain't gonna sweat. Them niggas never sweat. How shit don't get to them? See, they must, got, they must know something we don't know. They got the dynamics, nigga. They say that they cleared, nigga. They cleared, my G. So when they cleared, man, they ain't got no emotions. They ain't, they ain't perturbed. They cleared. All of them is cleared. And people be thinking, like, like, that's a joke. I'm serious. The motherfucker's cleared. That's not a joke. I mean, they have wiped up. If Eric oh, runs from is accountability. A lot of motherfuckers Al Sharp, them them that you bring up accountability, them niggas gonna freeze up. Mm-hmm. Some extent who I'm a you ain't you know, you can't see when you go when you go up in a religion and shit, you're not supposed to co- question the moves of your divine leader. Fuck out of here. Already The divine leader should want you to question it. No, that's why Pierre's kind of problem. He ain't accountable to nobody. Nobody can ask him a question. Nobody is, you know what I mean? It's like nobody is worthy to ask him a question. This is the type of of um, stance he takes. Is that don't none none are uh, uh, caliber to question him. As though he doesn't do things that are questionable and has no understanding of how long we've been into this fight. That we have a right, that we are fighters, we have a right to question anybody who who says that they have authority over us. Mm-hmm. Now let's look at let's look at Malcolm X, why he split. What was the one thing he split? Motherfuckers say, I'm gonna I'm gonna use this analogy. Elijah Muhammad could have been selling dope, and and, and, Elijah, and Malcolm would have probably been cool with that. He could have been on the side selling heroin. Why did Malcolm X really go up? First off, what do you know about Malcolm X? All girls. He got all daughters. You you preaching rhetoric of morale. 
Why you pre- why is it in this case? Why is this negative rhetoric? Because he's preaching what he's not living. Yeah. And you targeting black women. That's the motherfucking resources of the black community. You, I'm, I'm telling you, when you when you when you love a man like like, like you know and you riding for a nigga like on that cause, you can let a lot of shit go. He do do justify the shit. He ain't have to be accountable for that nigga. He's our leader. So what nigga if we making money on the side selling dope or, or or something else to that extent that you know that will fuck a, a nigga uh, question question the nigga's integrity. But to hear that this nigga got young girls, that's strictly personal. Do you want to question a man who, when everything he does, like, this is a selfless man. This man will give you the show on his back. This man really is a selfless, you know what I mean? And everything he do, but when, when you see the nigga is taking the thing, got babies by and giving them the same treatment, put them in, in exile, making them making them be punished as if, it, if, they committed, if they committed a crime, when he longed for their flesh. Mm-hmm. That's when Malcolm went off. Because, nigga, that ain't got nothing to do. That's what you got to per You got you, A lot of niggas say, you know, like I really divine people say, I ain't got nobody with me but God. Nigga, obviously, something else, you got other urges other than God, nigga. You like little young girls. Mm-hmm. And you don't like, you don't like, you know, it's one thing, marry him. You, he could have married one young girl, and, nigga, but it's not that. He wants random young girls. Yeah, he could have married them girls. That's what I'm saying. It's like... Yeah, because Islam would allowed him to marry them girls. You know what I'm saying? This, you know, and then like you said, Malcolm see them girls. Now they say Malcolm was mad. You know, the tale is Malcolm was mad because he had got pregnant a girl that Malcolm used to like, even though Malcolm at that time was already married to Betty. But this is the rhetoric that's thrown out. You know what I mean? This is the information that is spewed to the people in order to convince them of a certain type of agenda. So they utilized that to disparage what uh, Malcolm was talking about. But the thing was this is that Malcolm was seeing young girls. It would be one thing to have children by women, 28, 29, 30, you know what I'm saying, 25. But when you 20, 18, 19, when you in that age range right there, that 19, 20, 21, that's, that's real young for a 60-year-old man. Yeah, and then he put shit like, you know, Malcolm, like, nigga, that could have been one of my daughters. Who this say nigga ain't been looking at one of my daughters like, and she almost ready. Yep, why only... wouldn't it be? Yep, why wouldn't it be? In a few more years, I'm the messenger. You know, uh, 10 more years, I'm 70. You know, your daughter doesn't hit that 18-year-old mark, 17-year-old mark. And I call on you and say, brother, I think I need your daughter to be one of my wives. The fuck? Now I got to slap the shit out of you, Elijah. Now I got to slap the shit out of you. Nah, you, know, you know what I mean? The nation of Islam is a, a it's always been a part of the United States. Look at, look at, look at, how is it that niggas can sit up there and say, okay, one hand, didn't J. Edgar Hoover make his career by dismantling Marcus Messiah Garbage Movement? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Why did Jericho that, Hoover dismantle the nation of Islam? Now, this, this, yo, you know what? I'm saying, son, the FBI said what they was going to do with him. They said that they was going to change him over to a self-help organization. 
and they was going to change them from black nationalism and all that shit, separation and all that, into a self-help organization. And if you look at it, if you look at it right now since 19, since, you know, the, since uh, Elijah died, they definitely turned totally away from the direction that it was going with the, you know, with the strong rhetoric of uh, the white man is the devil, with the strong, strong rhetoric on how we need to be separate, the strong rhetoric depth. And when you have such strong rhetoric, what happens is it produces what's inside of the people. So you're seeing the businesses. You know what I mean? You're seeing the, the, you're seeing the growth of the community. You're seeing the people start to live a better quality of life, be able to start to move away from the things that kept our mind, you know, from wanting to find that ultimate freedom. You've seen that, but then after 1975, man, that shit went all downhill. Real talk. Niggas don't... What did they get Marcus Garvey for? Misappropriation of funds, right? Mm-hmm. Basically, that's mail what it was, fraud. right? Yeah, mail fraud. Some more bullshit. Right? Really? Mm-hmm. And, that, and the feds went in on his ass, right? And, right. Now, let's look at this. The nation of Islam is responsible for two famous murders. That's the famous murders. But they connected with over at least 100 murders. I'm talking about, I watched this one program. This, he was a, brother around the 70s. He, he, after Malcolm got, you know, a lot of motherfuckers, when Malcolm got killed, the nation split in half, right? And this brother says something about Elijah Muhammad. And it was the Muslim brothers out of a, a mosque from Philadelphia. Yeah, from Philly. They went and killed his family and the babies, right? And it's funny because Malcolm, you know, they said that, you know, and it's funny because Brother Jaime come, well, Jaime come from that area. And they said that the nation is on in Philadelphia. They were giving the brothers a Quran and a pistol and said, do for self, right? Do for self. Now, why am I bringing that up? We've seen conglomerate organizations fall for one murder that was connected to them. You see what I'm saying? I, I'm going to use some like Bobby Schmurder and his little goonie with the, C, the uh, G, GS9. His little movement, right? Organized, they broke them niggas down so quick. I don't even think they got by this got guns. The Nation of Islam got history with the police. I mean, when Malcolm got his first break, when the brother, when the police ran up in that mosque in L.A. and, and, and one brother got shot three officers, that could have got let them niggas again dismantled. Why didn't it? What's protecting them niggas? Because them niggas is part of the feds, man. Oh, uh, what's his name? It's uh, Hunt. Hunt. That's who protected them. What's the fucking cracker name? Who was giving them a hundred thousand dollars every year? Look how they did. Look how they did. I mean, to some extent, Malachi York, the same shit that motherfucking Las Mama was doing with the females and the boys. They went and disrupted their whole shit, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Okay. Why ain't no, ten, you know, the feds watch your ass for 10 years. Why they ain't never been no 10-year, I mean, even if they didn't find nothing, the feds still going to do an investigation on any black organization, right? 
That's memorandum one and uh Jago Uber shit, right? You don't got to monitor the people. That's what I'm saying. Like, up to now, you don't even see no more information on that because you don't got to monitor them when they are you. When you, y'all in the one group together, fuck, I got to monitor you for it. Ain't no reason to. I know what y'all going to do. Nigga, I got the game plan already. Nation. How did them two get together and talk without getting into any fights? Hmm. How was that cracker able to tell, uh, Hold your horses, buddy. Hold on now. We're going to meet with these niggers. And we ain't going to do we just going to have a sit down. And did that. And yeah. it was like some WWF shit that Malcolm said, right? These mm-hmm. niggas on camera going at each other here. The public, the KKK. But they, they was over there shaking hands with probably Elijah Muhammad laughing. They were probably eating. You know what I mean? He was he probably was watching Malcolm a real nigga, so he was watching their behavior at this sit down meeting. He talks about that in his book. Why am I bringing this up? Malcolm X is the prime example of what can happen to an organization that doesn't put Africa first, second, and third. Where's the nation at now? The nation is probably one of the oldest, you know, in terms of uh, of, uh, of appealing to the militancy of black youth. Well, I'm to the El Rukins. They got one motherfucking chance. You know what I'm saying? Upon making mm-hmm. one nigga taller mm-hmm. burner. How how do they? How, I mean, that whole that shit is funny as a motherfucker because that's the only organization that they can sit there and dis dis. You know, they disconnect them niggas when you see the uh, 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 the court case with the, the brothers who killed Malcolm. That was some weird shit. Because right, you they would have did was they hip hop police would have locked both Elijah Muhammad would have went to jail and Malcolm would have died, and this Islam would have been split. It didn't mean like some rap shit, you know what I'm saying? Why? Because the the, the police would have said there was beef between the two. Obviously, uh, we have well documented footage of Malcolm X talking about the shit, and we have the members here. They would have they would have said we, we, the police would have said we don't give a fuck about you. Pleading guilty to the charge, what we're saying is this is criminal conspiracy. You got the order from even you didn't have to. Basically, the DA wouldn't need them to say Elijah Muhammad told them. They, the DA would make the connection. <laughs> the district attorney would make the connection. The federal prosecutor would make the connection. The federal prosecutor wouldn't be satisfied with them three niggas. They would he'll say, man, really it was Elijah Muhammad, so they would subpoena Elijah Muhammad, or they would. You know what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. That's weird shit, man. That's like the Black Panther Party after Huey P. Newton. You know what I'm saying? When Huey P. Newton, to some extent, they went after they went after the whole organization. They don't go after one few motherfuckers after they. You know what I mean? No, they hit everybody. They hit anybody and everybody in a leadership position. They all get knocked down. That's why it was so amazing that that the Nation of Islam didn't go down. That W. D. W. D. Muhammad took over. Farrakhan was the sidekick. But as I said. Earlier, once Elijah Muhammad died, they brought the CIA agent right into the pulpit, Jim Jones. They brought the agents right in, and they began to make a connection. And so everybody said that Elijah Muhammad was talking about his son when he said that this one going to rise up amongst you 
who's going to be a master of the English language, and his and his treachery is going to be worse than Malcolm's. And uh, and if you look at how they looked at what Malcolm did, as how they seen it, and then he is the state that somebody's going to do worse than that. And you, we only seen this nation is still going along with this same charismatic leader right now. What what are we thinking? Who is who was he talking about? Master of the English language. Brother Tahuti, and I would never think these two people would be talking, but on YouTube, Tahuti, when he was free, shot free Tahuti. Tahuti in Aleem Bay got a great overview going in on the nation of Islam. And they both say that Narmama was a motherfucking agent. Mm-hmm. They both say that. How was he able to live so long? Mm-hmm. And he died a, a natural cause, didn't he? Okay. Well, we know he had a relationship. Didn't he get that phone call like Farrakhan did when Malcolm said a harmless statement, a truthful statement? The chickens have come home to roost. What did Elijah mm-hmm. Muhammad do? He silenced him. He surely did. And I think when the way... The way the nation of Islam, fucking them niggas is cops, man. When they ain't in uniform, them niggas is in they in in, in bow tie. <laughs> now, funny you say that because y'all y'all all saw that Steve Coakley lecture with Dr. Khalid Muhammad there, right? And they mm-hmm. were dealing with the Biggie uh, assassination. Who did they see there? Did they not? <laughs> this is Dr. Khalid Muhammad there now. Did they not yeah. identify? Them suspecting looking brothers as Nation of Islam by they mm-hmm. dress? Yeah. Yeah. So you might not be off the mark with them being 5 0. Real talk. His son was able to just be a cop and not just get paid, be a cop, and never have to go to work. Uh, what's his name? Mustafa. Commissioned the car and everything. He used to drive the car around in front of the fair car and give him like a police escort. Mm-hmm. And one thing I noticed too is they protocol. You have to be clean shaven. Yeah. And that's yeah. weird. Only because I'm gonna be real. Ask yourself this question: Have you ever seen a cop with facial hair? A black cop with facial hair? Only detectives. I saw one today. It did not have no facial hair. Yeah, only the fucking detectives have I ever seen with facial hair like Billy on. Most of them niggas in nah, they don't be having nothing, not even a mustache. Very few have a mustache, but now nah, they're they clean shaven, like you said. I always put that on suspect. I never I never liked that. I never I think that's probably, I, I could never I could never bring myself to really to rock like that. Like I had did it, and then I just didn't like the way I looked. I'm like, nah, that's not gonna be me. Fuck that. Y'all don't like that I go here on my face. That's too bad. Y'all just gonna be mad at me in a lot. Cause some brothers uh, need to have some facial hair on them. Yeah, man. I, bu- I bump up. I can't. I can't shave. I, I got. Yeah. Uh, I go a little grimy. Uh. 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 Five o'clock shadow, you know what I'm saying? That's that's as close as I can go down. You know what I mean? Yeah, nah, I understand what you're saying. 
Because I'll bump up to him. And my dad be whooping my ass when I was younger about that shit. You ain't going to be one of them brothers whose uh, 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 chin is darker than their face. You know what I mean? Them niggas shave so much, you know what I mean, to the rawness that when they do shave, they hold cheeks, you know what I mean, under the chin is darker than their face. You know what I mean? Black man ain't, and what they said, black man ain't supposed to be putting the razor that close to their face. And magic shave bound like a motherfucker. I don't care what that. <laughs> and that should have fucked you up, too. Magic shave. Magic shave will bump you up. And and careful I, with that shit. Okay, that's like, that's like, because what magic shave is lying, ain't it? Oh, what the fuck in here? I know that's just snatched the hair out your goddamn face. Sisters permanent hairs, brothers using magic shave to get there. It's the same thing in my eyes. But how do you tell a, an adult male lion from a, a child, a boy, a, you know, a young, young lion by his mane? That's, that's how you know he in manhood now. He got that hair. And, you know, regarding uh, Marcus Garvey, you know, we have to bring up again black traders, you know, black traders that will go along with it, go along with the cracker beast to destroy uh, uh, any of our people trying to bring about our BB for Hodier, you know. And the NAACP, Spearheaded a Marcus must go campaign, you know, and and this occurred due to, as Dr. Amos Wilson say, when he talked about how the UNIA was the only Pan African organization strategically positioned to carry out such an effort, you know, instead goaded by fear and envy the myopic race leader spearheaded by the NAACP chose to mount a Garvey must go campaign that allied with relentless pressure on the part of the U.S. government and J. Edgar Hoover, Hoover's surveillance of Garvey and top UNI officers. As a result of these actions, Garvey was suspiciously charged with using the mail to defraud by selling worthless stock in the Black Star Line, the UNIA Steamship Company. The government produced only one intimidated witness with a tremendously flawed memory and an empty envelope as proof of the $5 stock purchase. Furthermore, there was no letter on the Black Star Line or UNA stationery, no stock certificate or proof of payment. No receipt. Nothing. But again... That's what the religions of perversion to do to you, to have you turn on uh, your own brother who out here fighting to free you from your enemies that got their foot up on you. How sick is that? Uh, see, and it didn't have nothing to do with the tax or the misappropriation of funds or stocks. It, was any, it didn't matter what it was. Okay. That was the only thing they could find or the only thing they could manufacture it didn't matter if it was, you know, he crossed the street. They tried to shoot the brother, right? Huh? Mm-hmm. They had to get him up out of there. That's because of what? Only time, what did they say? 
when you're talking towards white people and if they're not getting offended when you're talking, you're not saying anything. <laughs> and I, I've made it an art to make to, uh, to offend crackers. I, I, I know how to deal with them. We know how to deal with them. They know, even they know this. I'm going to tell the main thing they'll use, if a cracker see they can't beat you, what they'll throw is they'll throw in some stupidity to get an emotional reaction out of a nigga. Okay. Well, that's just how, you know, well, what's wrong with black people? They'll say something real dumb out of dumbness. But, you know, we, Africans are very intellectual people. We bang on ignorance. If you don't know, we're going to let you know. We open with information. We don't colonize it. We don't monopolize information. It's not ours. That's the only person I tell you that is the African. It's not, my, it's not my information. Everyone should know this. Europeans don't do that. Arabs don't do that. Pakistanis don't do that. Chinese don't do that. They'll give you a little bit, to, you know, a little game to get you going and get them, get you up off their ear. But please believe, if an African nigga wanted to go to the Shaolin Temple and so forth, it because it wasn't meant for the African. It wasn't meant for an African. It was meant for Chinese. It was a Chinese. It was a it was a proactive uh, organization to uplift Chinese for Chinese. You know what I'm saying? Chinese first, second, and third. Mm-hmm. And look how well it's doing. Look how well it's endured. We motherfuckers shouldn't get mad and say why they not including. The only people who get mad is when they know that they you know they get mad because they can't infiltrate that motherfucker. Because you can't pass the front lines. Why? Well, we, if you're not Chinese, you can't you can't be a member, right? Out the gate. I could be. How many billionaires who you know billionaires got weird millionaires? They got weird fetishes. I want to learn Chinese kung fu from a Shaolin Temple. You'd have been seen it. Nope. There's a criteria that has to be met. They can't infiltrate us if they can't ever be a part of us. I love that ideology. Shay, and, and that's that's what we got to hold the line on, King. And I just want to finish because we like to share information. On June, on the twenty-first of June, nineteen twenty-three, after eleven and a half hours of deliberation, which included the judges unsolicited redirect to the jury on the cost and time and money of a possible verdict of mistrial or hung jury, Garvey alone was convicted. His three co-defendants acquitted on the same evidence. Same testimony. Normally, the sentence for mail fraud was one year, but Judge Julian Mack, an NAACP member, threw the book at Garvey with a maximum sentence of five years and a $1,000 fine in order to pay court costs of approximately $5,000. They couldn't, they couldn't. They couldn't charm the brother with a white girl. They couldn't pay a black woman to defraud him. He wasn't fucking with no babies. He wasn't selling no dope. He was pushing African rhetoric that motherfuckers was listening to, that motherfuckers was willing to act on. And you see the punishment? <laughs> That's deep. That's when you know it's something. You know what I mean? We broke, but we trying to push something. Else, you know, the influence. Because they measure shit in terms of capabilities. We project that the growing number of Negroes in the 
you and I are, are exceeding uh, such and such, and, and based on any, the, the more numbers that you have organizing, that opens up the doors for everything. White people, take, they take notice of that shit. That's why they act on it and stop it before it pops off. See, when you come from a, a desolate land like Europe, where there's no resources, there's no vegetation, you know a good thing when you see something. Ashe. Brother Marcus Garvey was immediately removed to the tomb prisons in New York City. Released after three months pending a appeal. Garvey continued his business operations. Though barred from venturing outside prescribed geographic boundaries, he lost on appeal. Sentenced in 1925, the railroaded Garvey had his sentence commuted after two years, not because of altruism or good behavior, but because of the mounting pressure from angry UNIA members. At one Harlem demonstration alone, 150,000 people were counted filling the streets. Show you the powerful of an African, the power of an African-centered rhetoric. Mm. And then had to deport him. And at that, from the from a port of New Orleans, five thousand supporters gathered. You know. Crying and shit. But that's what happens with infiltration. Mm -hmm. And every goddamn black trader was down with the fucking religions of perversion. That You can't deny that. Even the elder from the Longstar had to give that up. Baba Amin. Yeah. Couldn't deny that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, sorry, King. Oh, you right, sister? Because that's why we sealing all the cracks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you got your foundation when you got your house. And every so often, you know, we talking about a, a village, house, African village house. So when the seasons change, the queens get out there and they, they re, re, uh, uh, found, you know, re touch up the foundation, seal the cracks, right? Because of the main power tool for European warfare is espionage and infiltration. 007. Yeah, he, he drink dry martinis and drive European cars, but what's his job title? He's a spy. What's the job of the spy? To appeal to the disgruntled motherfucker in any organization and appeal to them. You're really the brain of the operation. You know that. It wouldn't be shit without you. In fact, I got an offer for you. don't need them. Right? He does it in everything. Espionage and spying. Like right now in Iraq. Name any war right now. They're more successful when they, they got motherfuckers on their team. You got Iraqis on the side of America infiltrating Iraqis. That's why they don't want to fuck with China, really. See, the better, the, when there's a big language barrier, the better. Because that means he has to learn the language. And if you never know the language, he can never betray you. He can never infiltrate you, right? 
Girl. It'd be hard to be a, a fucking spy in China, wouldn't it? You would have to get up the Chinese. <laughs> we have to speak Chinese. And you have to speak good Chinese, at the, right? Then you got to blend in. That shit got to be hard. They, they will leave that shit off. See, because of the because of the history with uh, 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 Islam and Christianity, the best because they can be infiltrated because they they both connect to a Jewish tree, a Jewish family tree. And because, like, we dissected this with Walter Wim, and they both have a connection with written language and the printing press. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So the propaganda is, you know, when you, when you got writing, you can promote, push that propaganda. When you got strong language, you can promote that propaganda. It's funny. You ever play, like, even they put this in games. You ever play, like, Assassin's Creed? Anybody play Assassin's Creed? Yeah. He's an assassin. And you and and, and and when you assassinate, you have to pay off the uh, uh, her, 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 I can never pronounce the name the heralds. Somebody look that word up. The heralds, the motherfucker who speak on the shit that's going on, right? So you, when you play the game, this based on this game is a trip because it's really talking about the crusades and the word assassin, assassination, assassin. I thought that's an Arabic word. Yeah, arts assassination are best taught by Arabs. This is real talk. Real quick, real quick. The Herald is the media. No. Uh-oh. And every community has a Herald. They don't. Now the Heralds have been printed newspapers, but Heralds have always been people who, you know, the Heralds start in your community. You talk about what's going on in your community. So if an assassination been popping up, right? Keely, you know, this these new group of motherfuckers that are coming in, because people got eyes and ears to see. And since this new group's been in here, there's been some beatings and shit going on. People gonna talk about that. If you are the motherfucker doing that, you wanna find the most charismatic one and pay them off. Or pay them to overlook certain shit. Now, uh, Brother Minkara, I just want to uh, bring up here, you know, you have mentioned the Brother uh, Natural Tahuti, and I'm assuming I'm going to make this assumption that uh, Guest 13 is either Bitch-Ass Jaime, a.k.a. James, a.k.a. the non-solar religion of perversion mind, or that Bitch-Ass Old Dog they put in here, Tahuti is a drug-dealing murderer. Let's get it right. Tahuti is a goddamn hero. Why? Because it was a goddamn cracker beast that died. One less black power to Tahuti, who also recognized that the black woman was God, who also shitted on the cracker beast religions of perversion. All I'm going to say black power, and what I'm going to say is his comments reflect his side on the issue already. We don't know what Tahuti did. I haven't heard Tahuti speak on shit. All I've seen was a news clipping coming from the enemy's source. Okay. And you going to put that shit in the chat room? Mm-hmm. When I've seen the enemy back? sources, that shit was suspect. Yeah. As we found out Tuesday, they suspect niggas. Drugs are in every prison. So they're able to, they're able to isolate there wasn't no drugs in this prison to this nigga got here. 
That's crazy. And, yeah, it, it, and then watch the video for what it is. The white boy that they put in there in the cell with him, that nigga was a, a rat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's bitch ass. It's one of them bitch asses. They must have just left because, again, they coming at the sister. They going to say, Cub was the word. Now, I ain't say shit. That, that's the king talk. <laughs> you don't want to acknowledge real, ni- real niggas. That's what no. a bitch ass nigga do, though. A bitch ass nigga with the religious of perversion hate women. He's bugging out, man. Yeah, see, that's the strength we have over here. I know that. I know that the, 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 the black woman is my equal, and she's stronger than me. I'm not insecure about that. At all. At all. And I know this, you know, most motherfuckers who come on, who got that, you know, and they hit the first thing, oh, 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 they wasn't expecting that. Why? Because she's not bound by the submissive role women should play. Because all women got the same role in, in the religious. It ain't hard to see. We only have to spend that much time on it, right? Ashe. Yo. Feel me, I'm getting some uh, information coming in, distressing information. Got a little bit of information coming in about uh, a former Black Panther went to jail 19 years for allegedly bopping some cops. You know what I mean? Um, the brother Daruba Ben Wahid, I'm going to give y'all his, hold on, hold on, let me give y'all his original, let me give y'all his original name and shit. Um, it's Robert Moore, I believe, Richard Moore. That's what it is. His original name is Richard Moore, co-founder of the Black Liberation Army. Uh, like I said, a political prisoner uh, from the Black Panther Party. Uh, went to jail, as I said, for uh, alleged attempted murder of some police. Sued the police, got out, uh, sued them, sued uh got up almost close to a million dollars in lawsuit money and took that to form um, form a prisoner release, a political prisoner release program and a, like, uh, 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 a dual Pan-African program with uh, brothers in Ghana. But the reason that I'm mentioning the brother right now today is because I got some information that came along the line today, and I believe it has something to do with a conference yesterday or Sunday. But there was a conference in Atlanta that the brother was at. He was, the brother is 71 years old right now. He was attacked by members of the new Black Panther Party on, um, by, per request of Malik Zulu Shabazz. Nah, King, don't say that bullshit. Broke his jaw in three different, broke the brother's jaw in three different places, broke a couple ribs, damaged the brother's leg. Damaged him horribly. Now we're talking about an elder, seventy-one years old, that that put put that work in, put that work in, you know, allegedly, but was locked up. Was was co-founder of the Black Liberation Army. We know how they go hard. Not one who is not a a, a, a good a retribute right now. He's in good standing. In the community, that's the con- do- now there's a historical context to that, brother boy. I'm, I'm gonna look, when you finish, I'll, I'll, I'll fill it in. Go ahead. Now, um, now I just wanted to put I just wanted to put that in so you know the family, you know, um, send some good energy up and out and send 
and you know, uh, so we can put that put that word out so the people know what type of people that we're dealing with. You know what I mean? And I'm getting and I'm getting this this these is all good sources right here with this information. So the brothers in the hospital in Atlanta now. Mm-hmm. Now, black the nation, the nation of Islam created the Black Panther Party. Did y'all know that? The negligence of the nation of Islam in terms of defending and protecting Malcolm X created the the Black Panther Party in Oakland, California. Listen to what I'm saying. They even had to show that shit in the movie. The first real job the the Black Panther Party got was providing security for Betty Shabazz, right? Yes, sir. Right? Yes, sir. Now, now, keep that in mind. Why, 40 years later, why would na- former so-called, for, they say they former members of the Nation of Islam, why would they want to start a new Black Panther Party? When the, when, this is what I'm saying, 1966, if I'm not mistaken, Malcolm died in 65. In 66, the Black Panther Party was started. Their first enemy was the nation. They were talking bad about the nation. Can I prove it? What was the nation of Islam over in California? What was the relationship they had with the Black Panther Party? Was their relationship? Betty Shabazz, Wayne Harlem. Niggas, Wayne, California understood the shit that was going on and created the organization and got the honor of providing that queen security. Funny shit going on. This is what I'm saying. We need to do some homework. The same time that the the new Black Panther Party was started, if I'm not mistaken, it's around the same time. Let me get my dates right. When Farrakhan was trying to revitalize the nation, in 1992, he had some problems when the movie Malcolm X came out, right? Mm-hmm. He wasn't in the movie. Yeah. Yo, go ahead, make a rhyme. And niggas was, and they, right, even if you weren't in the nation, right, the, even if you didn't know nothing, you knew that they had a hand in that brother's death, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody had a little discontent for the nation. College speaking more about the, the death. They really had to address this shit. It had been swept under the rug until 92. The nation was bragging. Like you said, that quote you made from Elias Muhammad, that he prophesied it was going to be one that was going to rise with more treachery than Malcolm. Mm-hmm. That's going to keep motherfuckers in line, right? Mm-hmm. Now look, look, at, look, look at the context. 92. Malcolm X came out. What's the first scene that Spike Lee showed? The Rodney King beat. Yeah. Yo, now you're saying that, yo, that's, that's really important because when you said that about how the Black Panther Party arrived, that was one of the things that the new Black Panther Party was. It was, college was forming it because of the inactivity of the nation in the streets, and then it was taken over. Well, brother, let's be real. It was that black trader, Malik Shabazz. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and I, 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 I'm, I'm really lost. I'm, I'm at a loss for words. That this no good religion or perversion 
uh, with blood on his hands when it comes to the assassination of Dr. Khalid Muhammad could have so-called Black Panthers beat up on a 71-year-old African man who gave his life trying to protect us? Are you serious? And y'all motherfuckers can't raise a hand to nail cracker beast? But ain't that the ain't that the way of the nation though? From what I've learned from y'all, they're only good when it comes to beating down black people. Mm-hmm. All those yeah. motherfuckers need to be marked. Doctor Clark said it clearly. Why do we allow black traders to walk amongst us? And you know who you know who's living out that reality right now, and they not listening to no rhetoric. The youth. These youth don't, they ain't read a lot of these books, but they know something ain't up right. So when Jesse Jackson came down there, they booed that nigga out. When Alan Sharpton came down there, they booed that nigga out. Farrakhan trying to force feed because he's, he's trying to stay more consistent. Farrakhan, like the problem that Jesse Jackson and Alan Sharpton had was they showed up out the blue. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a call a thousand men, ten thousand men. I'm, a, I'm a set up a meeting. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, I'm not surprised. See, I, I look at the relationship that Khalid had in in the Nation of Islam, like the movie Scarface. Who when uh, what was old boy name? Oh, oh fuck! I can't think. Of but basically, Scarface was a loyal nigga. And yeah. Tony Montana. Right, not Tony Montana. Uh, 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 the dude he was serving before he met Hector. Frank. What's his name? Frank. No, Frank, yeah, yeah, Frank. Frank, before he met um, the big boss, he was fucking with Frank and his, his little dude. What's Frank little dude named? The one with the big-ass nose. Yeah, the, the, the yeah. undercover cop. The yeah, undercover. Yeah, that motherfucker. Yeah. And when remember, remember the relationship that Tony showed him was loyalty. The 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 cop nigga set that nigga up to die. He could have took the money and the brick and ran off. He brought the money and the brick back. When, they, when, he, when Frank said, come to my house, nigga, because you deserve, right? Scarface know the game. Scarface didn't have no money, but he had services he could provide, right? Right, yep. And one of them was loyalty that other Loy- motherfuckers couldn't, couldn't give. My boys and my brothers. When he showed up to the car, dude, mad because, like, nigga, you're supposed to die. So mm-hmm. he tried to, tried to run in front of the nigga when he was walking to the house. He wanted, he wanted, he wanted to greet Frank first, right? Mm-hmm. Y'all peep that shit out? Yep. I see. Now, Scarface, a real nigga. That little scene with him and Manny riding, he he made an assessment of the nigga. That guy's soft, man. So, what you yep. mean? What do you mean, Tony? What do you, come on, Tony. Calm down, Tony. The culture and the booze tell him what to do. Yep. And he, but knowing that, he yep. never crossed Frank, though. It was his job to know his weakness. Why? So I can protect him. Right? 
when Frank got a little drunk, Tonya step in, right? When it will, watch that shit. Even, right. when, even when he flew the nigga down there, he flew the nigga down there for a reason to meet Hector, right? Because Hector, if if Frank would have flown down there with the with the police officer, both of them niggas would have died. Yup. Shay, he was already made. Yup. Yup. Look at that being. Yeah, that is. Look at Hector's being Gaddafi. Scarface is Kali. And Farrakhan is who? Frank. And the carjack in the booth. The carjack in the booth said he wanted to do. Lisa Bass was that big fat nigga. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Scared and shit. Again, Steve Coakley, through his research, always he told us. There's been a pattern with the assassinations of our, our black leaders. Right before they are murdered, the Cracker Beast puts out an article. Normally, a Cracker Beast small hat publication. Letting us know who the new black chosen leader is going to be. Mm-hmm. You had that situation, MLK and Jesse? Had that situation? Malcolm Farrakhan, you got the same situation as he showed how the Jewish magazine out of D.C. did a, a whole fucking spray, a page called uh, Black Power, and how Malisha Baz was the new leader, and how he was easier, you know, to take, to digest. He wasn't as rough and harsh as, Fav- as, as Khalid Muhammad. That's that's because he's a ten million dollar investment. Listen to when Kyler would talk to you over here, he he would say he would give a little insights on the nation. When he said that the nation he was picked by the nation most elite. He said, I know them to this day, right? They know him because they was young, right? Malik Zulu Pass was selected and grown and basically produced by the nation. His his whole thing with uh, him going to college, you see what I'm saying? Him being a lawyer, that was all in works. He can never deep, you know what I mean? He is house bred by the nation. They've paid for everything. So he is, no matter what, and to prove it, he'll never say anything or make any negative connection to anything Farrakhan is doing. Now, this is what I want to get on right quick. Sarah Gray. I find it very weird for the son of Kala Muhammad. Do you know that, that nigga got more money than Farrakhan do? Mm-hmm. Read his bio. Don't even mention his father. And given the spirit of his father, he ain't made one public statement about the state of black people. He ain't made not one public statement about the murders of, of police officers on our people. He can't make any statements. Farrah Gray is the is the one on one. There's, he can he's 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 the what's what I'm looking for. In terms of what a success for infiltration, he is the pride example. Yeah. He 
Only nigga that have office on Wall Street. After his daddy got killed, he's shaking hands with Bill Clinton. Who wrote an executive order to have your father murdered. This man, right, this man, Congress, you shaking hands with the same Senate in in Congress that condemned your father from publicly talking. First time it had ever happened in the history of this invader racist country. The guilt is you changing your name. Why would you change the title your father gave you? Yo, you know, I, I heard an OFOI alleged, alleged friend of college said that they was at a, at, at a dinner talking and said he was talking to little Farrakhan and telling them that he wasn't, he wasn't going to be able to do nothing in life with his name being Farrakhan. But, you know, and so this was said, you know, at the later time, after, you know, this, during the latter, latter times, after he had raised him up with that name and then found out exactly who Farrakhan is, Farrakhan. I don't even call him Farrakhan. I call him what his name is, Farrakhan. The title you give yourself is very important. The title his father gave him meant he would have to live up to a certain, you know what I mean, standard his father placed on him. He changed his name so he can change his personality, so he can be a new him, a new me, a new beginning. I don't want to be taught. That's basically what it was. When did he change his name, uh, uh, Born? He changed it to fair great was, um he he had to change his see I, I don't know exactly when because all of a sudden he just came out and he was like fair great this young millionaire who made it from nothing selling rocks and and shit out of the project living uh, living living with the single mother and just selling rocks until he was able to gain enough money to win and now I seen this was maybe two thousand eleven. 2000, you know, definitely 2012, but 2011, 2010, he came out, popped up like that, and it's funny that he named himself Gray, which is black and white, mixed. In between. Yeah, he in between. That's 30 shades of it. Uh, let me ask her, uh, uh, what's the nigga mama name? Who the mama, who the mama is? Because at that time, a young boy, uh, he would have to need his mama still. Good point. The mama, like, you can't get a bank account unless a guardian, right? Right. So so who's who guarding that loot? That to be mama. Right? So yep. you create a whole new identity, a whole new name. It's similar to uh, what's that shit when they motherfucking had protective custody. Okay, and let's not pretend that Dr. Khalid Muhammad left them in destitute. You know, I don't know the inner workings of that like that, but I do know that Dr. Khalid Muhammad, at the time of his assassination, had just sold property that he owned up here in New York. Got several hundred thousand dollars for that. Plus, he had property in Georgia. So it's not like 
Uh, this story, I, I'm trying to say how you came up yeah. in the projects. Yeah, now Matt had money his own self because Khaled already had him economically sound. He was already getting money on his own. He was already putting money in different type of stocks and, and different type of shit. Pharrell was already on his shit. You know what I'm saying? Khaled had him right already. You know what I mean? At 13 or 14, he was, he had a substantial amount of money already. So this a whole little, I I, I'm just, you know, he came up with a good story in order to sell himself back to the people. You know what I'm saying? Now, the economic things that he speaks on, he's, he's found with a lot of his economic, uh, you know what I'm saying, uh, ideas, his ideology on how to gain a foothold and start to connect with Africa is definitely, he's on point. He's definitely he making a move, making connections with with African nations to ascertain resources as it seems from the research that I done did. You know what I mean? And, and watching them and listening to them and seeing them in these different African nations doing seminars with only African people talking about building connections with the Africans in America and the Africans there. See, uh, just right there, right, right there alone is the cause for political goal. How come he get the pass? Hmm? He the anointed one. Says who? Um, I, I got to know who's pushing his buttons. I, I got to do some homework, you know, because yeah, that's like that income bullshit, you know. Mm-hmm. Who, who you really working for while you're up in Africa? Uh, the game of chess is the true player is the invisible hand. We always got to find out who that visible hand is, who's the player. The pieces Shay. don't matter. It's always the player. Pieces going to do what they do. Yeah. And watch, watch, you know, I'm, I, I looked a little bit into the Akon thing, and Akon know politics, and he's a good businessman. Damn good businessman. You know what I mean? So in terms of, of, of uh, what is it, that light, uh, the electricity power movement for those people, that's a political move. Because China and, and, and uh, the European Union, America, are scrambling for African resources, and what they're doing is they, they're giving out little handouts to show that they for the people. He know that. Instead of him taking money, like most of them niggas do, that nigga said, build, build some, provide electricity for some folks. That's good politics. That's damn good politics, because most niggas, because crackers throw money at problems. And when they throw the money at the problem, whoever took the money and didn't spread it out, I thought we fixed this problem. I, I, hey, if you if your people can't organize the money we we gave you guys, I mean, could, you guys took the check, and that's not you know most time that's what that's what's been the protocol for uh, African leaders in Africa. You know, they make sure they even they give them a, a small contingency of military presence. Uh, we can put you in power. Uh, all we want is uh, we want to put this oil company here. We want to put this uh, natural gas thing over here. You know. Don't mention bro, what the fuck you know is going on. We'll keep you rich, build your little personal palace and shit, and mm-hmm. you know keep your people mm-hmm. from vote. And Akon didn't take the bait. He, he said, you know, uh, uh, to prove to me, you know, provide electricity, you know, provide a, 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 a infrastructure for electricity for an African town or something. That's very clever. 
You know and what it's I mean? game, brother, because the sister Malika, she did some work on that. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw the information that the sister posted in our hangout group. And I know I still got another one I saved that she hit me up with, that she inboxed me with. It's all motherfucking game with a black face on it, all right, to allow these multinational companies to come in, all right, to co-op suspect presidents of these African countries and come in and rape their resources. We're going to see how many people get electricity. After China, the companies that really fund an Akon, who don't who we don't talk about, who the sister had got that work and, and, and showed and proved, we gonna really see when it's all said and done. Just let me say this real quick, man. It's all about power. What power Akon got? Nothing. So he he ain't nothing but he he, he the ventriloquist, man. I mean he he the puppet. Mm-hmm. All right, China and them the ventriloquists. All right, they ain't doing nothing but Obama, Obama and the nations. It's just a different face to get the African nations to give up their resources. That's all it is. That's all it is. Nothing more, nothing less. China slick on some shit like, okay, let's use the nigga pop stars now. But remember, fam, it's called New World Order. Don't nothing get popping unless the boss man says so. Why? Because it's about power. Nothing else. Mm-hmm. Now, I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't seen I haven't seen the information the sister put out there. I look forward to seeing that. But what I'm what I'm looking at, they gonna take this shit anyway. But the brother, fact that they coming. Listen, listen, listen. I mean, listen, listen, hear me out first. Okay. This is what I'm saying is they they already got their mind. They are gonna take this shit over. They're they're being politically correct in there by including the people, right? So they don't have immediate outbreaks and shit of, of, of revolts. What I'm saying is they're using Akon because he's relevant. What do I mean when he's relevant? That brother gets looked at at a different scale from an African perspective. And, why? you know, they could create, the CIA can create a house motherfucker to, to go over there and delegate. Why are they using him? How did he get to sit at the table? Why did they make the move on him? They're going to already shit, shit the people out with a fucked up deal. You see what I'm saying? So why why they even fucking with Akon? That nigga's an entertainer. But what has he been doing with his entertainment money? Who who does he sleep next to every night? A black woman. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I don't know, him, okay. you know, I don't know who he sleep next to. I don't know. I know he ain't got no problem with the cracker beast. That much I know about the <laughs> motherfucker. All right? And how treacherous are you to allow yourself to be used to gain your people, to allow countries on the motherland, on the continent, to be re-exploited, re-colonized, all for you to get some trinkets? No, I can't respect that. Fuck that. I remember when uh, Dr. Clark was critiquing Gaddafi and his uh, Arab, Arab uh, propaganda. And, he, and Dr. Clark said that Ghana, I think, asked him for some money to build a sewer system. And he denied them, but he sent them money to build a mosque. And he said that was kind of fucked up. You see what I'm saying? 
the world of politics, international politics, is game, no doubt. I'm not I'm not saying what the brother's doing good. I'm saying he he's playing by what we need to do is watch for like 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 sisters, we need to watch to see if the electricity uh plan gets produced. And if it does get produced, they're gonna they're already over there. They're China's over there, they've already over there. The European Union, they're already over there. They need rationale to convince the motherfuckers that, you know what, man, we're not just over here raping. That's what they're doing. They, we know what they're doing. They're raping and taking. But what they're doing is arguing over, if I give you an a, 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 a extra pig than what he offered you, would you fuck with me? That's what they're doing. Akon knows that. Well, the Chinese said they'll give me $10 million to get this. What you offering? I'm not asking for the money like other motherfuckers have. I want, I want y'all to build this infrastructure. Very clever. It's politics. Brother, you got to read the article. You, that, you know what I'm saying? The work that the sister uh, Makia found, because you're going to find out that's bullshit, King. That, that's why I'm saying what I'm saying, because when this first came out, the thing that was brought up by the family is we need to research it before we even buy the Cracker Beast media line that Akon doing something wonderful for Africa. And that's what that sister did. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Money game. You guard my tongue until I see that work. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna guard my tongue until I see that work. No, it's called. One of the things, like, make one of the things that that um was key and what and what you found is we were reading through some of the some of the things, and it was where he was getting the money from. Like he's not really utilizing his own funds at all. He he uh teamed up with an African brother and they and what they did was created uh, uh, a company in order to go out and train people to put these lights in but the funding is coming out of China. Why China? Because as Dr. Sheikh Dr. Diop showed in his work um, I got to pull that out too. I can't think of off the top right now, but he was showing the resources in the continent of Africa. No other country, let alone so-called continent, after all the raping they've done now, still have the resources and the variety of resources from water on down that the motherland got. I got the link. But why China? China want to exploit us too. Why not? They they need resources, don't they? They need resources, no doubt. How long is 100 years ago was China in the position they were now? No. Well, the, Europe, the European Union was, and so was America, right? Mm-hmm. I say. And the Chinese... Knew they knew conquer and colonializers in Africa, but what's different about these motherfuckers other than they being new? They willing to offer a few more pennies than the crackers are, and by taking those and by me taking those few more pennies, I piss off the European Union, and the, because 
it shows that I align myself with a communist China. So for, for, for America to for America to print that out, America's pissed off about that. Y'all supposed to come to us. How dare this nigga fuck with the Chinese? Brother, it wasn't put out there like that. He didn't reveal that he fucking with the Chinese. The sister, the work that the sister research revealed that shit. But remember now, the American media over here made that shit like it was something beautiful. They big that shit up over here. I'm bigging it up. And the, the, one of the things about the situation was the um, loans that would go to the to the countries. You know, there were certain stipulations, a loss of resources and lands on of loans that weren't paid back. And so you know, it's the same game that you know the rest of the colonizers play. Okay. You, know, you <laughs> give them money. You give them money, but you give them more money than they can pay back, and you give them a time limit that they can't pay it back in. And you just wait for them to default. What they call that say here? Indian giver? Yeah, you just wait for it. Give one hand, hand, take with the other? I hear what y'all saying. I agree with y'all. But I'm it's saying, he's, that's what I'm saying. He don't have no power. Yeah, true, true. I, remember I we were talking about. Remember we were talking about Dennis Rodman going over to Korea. Remember we were talking about how black people were the reason why America lost the Vietnam War, and how America's enemies will come at us. To you see the point I'm making? China is China. Africa has had more. The more Africa has had more invaders than any country on the planet. Right, we've dealt with a lot of conquerors coming in, a lot of motherfuckers who need resources. Right, this ain't nothing new. What is new is that China is the new motherfucker now in Africa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And let me add on something real quick, Baker. Right, you said this back in the day. Let, let, let me remind you. What is Chinese outfit when they go do these negotiations? What do they wear? The Cracker Beast uniform. New World Order, Black Power. They got one of the eldest histories, though. They got they they they, they can choose from which. You was just gonna say that they can choose from which era they want to represent. So they could dress from first century to whenever. They got they got their own traditions. Why would they go negotiate in in in, in the enemy's uniform? Other than Africa, other than Africa, China is the only nation to independently have writing systems and a culture and to brag about a 2,000-year history break. I say, so I'll say again, why would they be dressed in a suit and tie? Their success, their success in the past 75, I'll give them 100 years, in the past 100 years reflects that. 100 years ago, in 1915, 1920, Japan invaded China. Y'all know that? Little-ass Japan conquered China. And 75 years later, America is in debt with China. 
So if I'm Akon, why would I take a handout from you, nigga, and you, nigga, when really China running all this shit? Because I have said back in the day before, when you understand your enemy, you understand he will build you up just to destroy you. He has no other war to fight. So we let China rebuild. Once China get to a certain strength, he could come and conquer. Okay? It ain't nothing but a game. Ain't nothing but a game. Who's the invisible hand? These are just chess pieces we're talking about. Chess pieces going to do what they do. That, that's all you can do. Right? Upon, when a pawn attack, he in the war, he can only attack diagonally. He can't go straight ahead. A knight can only do L shapes. Bishops can only move in angles. See? The cracker created that game. Why? Why? See, it, 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 ain't, it ain't a game just for fun. That shit is real. You know what I mean? Yeah. Chess is really real. You master chess, right? Because it ain't about the pieces. It's about the player. You got to get into the, uh, your opponent's brain to see what, how he moves his pieces and know his move, the moves so you can predict everything that's going to happen. That means you are the controller of the board. The board represents the world. Black versus white. The cracker going to attack you first. That's the level of engagement in chess. See? We, we all pieces. You First, you got to see what piece are you. Uh-huh. If you're a pawn, only chance you got is to make it to the other side so you can level up. And you can't be a king. You can only be a queen. Max. Max. See, ain't no, ain't no same chess where you could just become the no. The pawn don't become the king. The king is the king. The king is your nation. And your nation state. Mm-hmm. When you make the power, you enforce the rules. Whoever break that shit gotta pay. Money or blood, whatever, whatever you decide. That's power. But it's all a game. This is a game of chess. I don't want us to get caught up over the pieces. I want us to understand the players. Pieces don't win right. tournaments. The players do. Well, I agree. And who are the players? What is China's intentions? What have been? What is? What have been? What is China's intentions in the past seventy-five years? I'm just gonna say this real quick, right here, right, right here, on for my end. We don't know. Because they don't even make their own decisions right now. They are being, they they are under the ventriloquist control. They they done more than puppet puppet um state themselves. Why well, say that? Because of the last past seventy five hundred. See see see. I I know that Dexter Cracker could have stomped them out and eliminated them. He just dropped bombs on them. So he he didn't keep tabs on them building up and coming up. He seen it. And he let him. And then who did he put in power? The motherfuckers he wanted to. How you know that? They weren't suit and ties. They kind of had a uniform. Right? Well, we can't be on the same team with different uniforms. <laughs> Especially in the battlefield. Nigga, how uh, I know who you is. How I know who you is. Got to have on a uniform and some code when, I, when we talk. Right? You know what I'm saying? So we all got to have some, some similar. Got to have a similar education, a similar way of communication. See? 
and say, say you, hey, you know, that's just from what I know. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying I know everything. But bye, Cloud. Sorry, brother. I hear what you're saying. Bye, pal. I'm, 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 I'm questioning capability and intent. China, threat, baby. 70, threat. in World War II, in World War II, China, them niggas were still wearing long ponytails and silk garments, and the Japanese came and whooped their ass. And you, and seventy-five years later, they motherfucking number one. What was their intent? Who produced the conditions? The British. Yep, the Brits. Hong Kong. That was a British colony in the middle of China. Okay, okay, opium, yeah, yeah, I see what you're going. I see where you're going. Opium wars, okay. Opium wars. What is the China man doing? The chi- how did the Chinese get successful? Let's, let's look at. Okay, they said after World War Two that it was two nations, the Cold Wars. This is how China rose during the Cold Wars. Well, they also, well, hold on now. They also had the help of Cracker Bee scientists, China and Japan, leaving here and going over there and sharing information and technology. Just like what's happened with India and their rise. Just want to throw that out there. Right. But India is not, India didn't rise through military manufacturing. Russia and America used their colonies to fight during the Cold War, right? Let's look at Vietnam. Where were the Vietnamese getting their guns from? Yeah, from Russia. Where did they get it from Russia? Yeah, no, they were they was a communist they was a communist faction, so they were getting their shit from, but they was getting it from China, but it was all through you know it was all through that communist connection, which you can group all of them there. After the patent ran out for the AK-47, who bought it? Damn, that's why they got that. That's why the Chinese got that. Oh. Oh, that's why the Mac-90 looked just like the goddamn AK-47. And just just to piggyback off, make a ride real quick. Who do all the duplication right now? Who make make fake Jordans and everything right now to the very day? It all in. China. They, they got that industrial it. game up by having the cracker beasts over here come over there and teach them them steps. Because mm-hmm. let's remember now, motherfuckers used to laugh at goods made out of China. It was the weakest <laughs> shit ever. Yup. 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 Oh, man. Then all of a sudden, they just blew up. So I have to ask the question at the end of the day, does that make them beholden to these motherfuckers too in a certain way? Mm-hmm. What was the peace offering? Yeah. For this information. I help you get your industrial shit up. No, what I'm saying is China and and the West ain't friends. So... It's the old somebody. I'm in California. The gold movement and the gold rush movement was the Chinese. The railroad tracks that from the Santa Fe railroad tracks from the coast of California that go all the way to the inland was the Chinese mm-hmm. built it. a lot of that shit. 
They're not friends. No, I would, you know, and you saying that I would agree that culturally they would, they they'll know that they wasn't friends, but they'll still be work. You know how a nigga you don't like this nigga, but because you can't do nothing at that moment, you just let the nigga bully you until you get a chance to do something. I, I got a great movie to back over Mickey Ross saying, uh, "Jet Li, Once Upon a Time in China." Damn, that that may be on the West Coast, but over here on the East Coast, it was Africans that laid down these railroad tracks. My grandfather being one of them, out of Virginia. And unlike the Japanese, when they were putting them camps who got reparations, we ain't never get jack shit. And if China's so hard, you know, yeah, you, you don't have to like somebody to be in bed with them. That's how the cracker beats do. Because why would they allow these motherfuckers, if it's not a relationship there, to buy up so much shit, to buy up so many bonds? Right. Own so much shit over here. See, I'm looking at it like this. China is the reason why the European Union formed. China is the reason why Greece is bankrupt. China is the reason why the euro is in effect. How you gonna How you gonna create a a a, a monetary system called the euro and you owe me trillions of dollars? China, China, wow. They. Why do you think the, the European Union went right back into Africa? China's the reason why AFRICOM is in effect. AFRICOM is bringing charismatic house niggas to appeal to Africans. To say, man, fuck them Chinese, man. Come on, brother. You know, we from the same cause, man. I'm, look, I'm not picking this. I'm not saying the Chinese is better than Americans. I'm saying when you... When you have two parties arguing over your shit, you may, you you keep them arguing over the deals you giving. You tell them, you I make this deal with you, woo. But if one got a long, one if one got a lasting relationship and new guys offer you something better, you take it just just to cause that rift. Akon is powerless. The Chinese singled him out for a reason. To say, okay, the same reason when Ho Chi, uh, uh, what's the dude from Northern Korea? When he asked Dennis Rodman to come, come on, man. Come on, uh, come on and uh, participate in the basketball game with me. He's well known, and he has an influence. When the minute he got back, that nigga had to be debriefed. What are we talking about? When we look at Vietnam, the brother, uh, 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 I never remember his name, but a little just posted this video in the in the, in the hangout. What's his name? Williams. What's his name? Robert Williams. Robert F. Williams. Robert Williams. Robert Williams started a Negroes with Guns campaign. And the leader of Vietnam threw that nigga out there. He on TV where he got the, where, where, where the Vietnamese dude is giving him the platform to argue with a cracker. Brother, all I'm saying is what Doc Amos Wilson predicted was coming, and Akon is an example of that. He warned of us being careful from being subjugated by the cracker bees over in the 21st century being subjugated by the Chinese cracker bees. Yeah, and he said, oh, I'm saying. You can't use no Bible on them. Damon <laughs> said, You can't use no Bible on them.
tricking out, no good African leaders, presidents of African countries, on the behalf of rapist Chinese, to me ain't no motherfucking difference between fucking cracker beast rapists. I, I, I see a difference, you know, Queen. Pimping out our people. Now, I, I see a difference because I don't see, name, name a country that China's colonized. Europeans are in African taking resources, but they also all throughout the world colonializing motherfuckers on following Western ways. I can't say China's doing that. I can't say that they're not because as Brother Little mentioned, they're not dressing in their tra- traditional garb. They're not dressing in their cultural garb. They are when they have in their ceremonial events, but when they have a delegation with crackers, they're in the uniform. It's the same. When you're in politics, you switch ceremonial uniform. Like when you watch Idi Amin, you see him one day with the spear. Next minute, you may see him with the suit and tie on. Next minute, you may see him with the cowboy hat on. Next minute, you may see images. He appealing to certain groups when they do that. That's warfare. Right. Why, don't, why, why, why don't the cracker then change his uniform when he go up in China? That's all I was going to say. Cause when they have a business meeting, when they on their turf, or when they go to Japan, or when they go to India. The Chinese, okay, okay, I'm going to throw this out there. The Chinese military don't look nothing like theirs. And I'll tell you something else. What's the name of the secret services for America? CIA, right? What's the name for the secret services in Britain, MI6? What's the name of the secret services in Russia, KGB? What's the secret services for China? It's so secret, nobody will even know. All all I'm saying is subjugation of the continent by an Asian or a a cracker beast is not a solution for me. That's what I'm saying. And for any black person to put on a black face, to use that black face as a means of allowing another foreign entity to pillage the motherland of its resources... Ain't a good thing to me, and I don't give a fuck if he got slanty eyes or not. I'ma just say this: I know they come colonizing us when they come to this motherfucking country, nigga. One dollar every year and buy. Do the humanity and the Chinese and this country mm-hmm. cause them to step out in the street when one of us is wrongfully murdered? Chinese run laundry mats. That's what they think. They they do they did laundry. That was their thing. House cleaning and laundry. The Koreans came liquor stores. Yeah, nigga, nigga, you know what you can with. I ain't about to deter me. <laughs> hey, I see Chinese the new nigga on the block that America didn't see coming. See, when you trying to colonize all of the world, you're gonna have certain factions that's gonna rise up. The problem is the Chinese ain't white. And they're not compromising all of their ideas because they're not compromising their history. Haven't y'all noticed this new revitalization of, of, of Chinese films coming out? And they're going back on, they, they're bringing up all their heroes. All right, hold all on, let me stop you right there. Hey, you know, film is my department. Film is my department, hold up. 
<laughs> I wish I could show you this order right here. That ain't true. Everything they getting is Hollywood. Hollywood's taking over the world. Hollywood don't even come in, in domestically no more. It's all international. It's all international. See what I'm saying? And, and China, how many people in China? How many people in India? One of the number one sellers for all this cracker shit. Go over there. They buy it all. They buy it all. Not China doing a movie China right now. Only China roll, China only China roll China with Shaolin. China ain't buying that shit. China's making it for everybody else and selling that shit. Everything comes from China. Dude, China buy, I'm telling you, they buy all Warner Brother movies. That's what I'm telling you. That's why I work at it. They buy all the motherfucking movies. Every, they in the, oh, they in the category. They in the, they in the catalogs every day. Placing orders. They don't need, they don't need to be placing orders on our shit. We ain't placing orders to buy that shit. No. Selling. I'm from the, I'm, I work on the money-making selling side, internationally. Everything that's due right here, reason why I'm able to get a paycheck, because they sell it internationally. Once that shit stops, my job gone. First, you know that. So I was just saying, just on the, on the film tip, I know firsthand. You want, I go anywhere in the world. Uh-huh. Warner Brothers and Fox and all that shit, all they, all they archives is moving over there, too, because that's where all the money at. It's already played out out here. Already played. That's where all the shit is at. Matter of fact, they get the movies first before we even get them out. See, what I do, I send international copies over. See? I make everything plain James, and when they can get it, they can throw their um, language on top of it and put their graphics on top of it and put it on screen. Boom. So, you know, I, I'm just saying, I, this, this is why the influence of English is everywhere. That's why everybody speaks English. They got a TV. They watching American films. It ain't vice versa. Americans don't watch nobody else's films. Nobody else see you. No play out here. It's the other way around. Take that to the bank and cash it. Blank check if you want. Matter of fact, you know, I could get Bob. Bob can explain the whole thing to you. I do uh, know a lot of these countries do export a lot of the uh, culture over there. So movies will be a large portion of what you would get over there in order to to see what people do you want to see them. And I'm going to just say the Rainbow Coalition is the proof, too. The reason why I spread wildfire like a disease half. That's the propaganda coming from. Mm-hmm. Right, I'm reading this article just to put it out there, and I'm, I'm looking at it for what it is. 
what is the real issue with China and Africa? White folks saying they ain't got no business over there. Africa, ours. Who is you? Damn. That's deep right there, Mickey Rod. That's the problem. That's how they say <laughs> it. <laughs> and this article is just to put, I'm, I'm, you know, it says that, if you're, this is coming from a European source. Europeans hot about this. It's saying that the Chinese farms are being uh, 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 accused of providing jobs and shit only for the Chinese and shit like that. And he says, imagine if, imagine what Walmart is doing to a small town, right? How are you going to equate your, you know, the, 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 the tricky business practices of Walmart to China? Because it was the relationship between Walmart and China that ended goddamn Cracker Beef mom and pop manufacturing companies here, particularly the flat screen. I don't even think there's one left. The last time I had checked, last time I had dealt with this information, it got to be at least three years ago, and there was only one left, and that was in Tennessee. No, no, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. This is a American source. See, the, the, the issue of the, the practices of Walmart in America, that's a domestic issue. That's, something, that's, that's an American problem, right? But we're talking about international shit. So when this, when this, you, when this media outlet is speaking, they're speaking in defense of America, right? So they're trying to give you an idea of what China is doing in Africa, but because they don't have an idea what China's doing, they're trying to—they're giving you the same thing that they're doing to us in America with Walmart. I find that very weird. Because the one that means you're admitting that the shit's going on in America, and the real problem is that now that China's doing it in Africa. I'm, re- I'm reading the article now, but it's still—it's a—it's. Before we took a position on it as black people in America, white folks did. That's why they put this in the news. Did you know that Akon is fucking building the fucking, with the Chinese? What the fuck? We're supposed to give that nigga his, see, you know, we, we got his, watch, we not, we not fucking with no more African rappers. That nigga was supposed to just ride his Bentleys, make dumb music. He fucking lying with our enemies. What the fuck's wrong with this nigga? And Akon didn't even have that as his intentions. China came to him. Because China got good politics. They literally got the politics. We're going to have to appeal to Africa. We're going to have to. The, the Vietnamese knew this. When they was in Vietnam, they have to appeal in order for us to get it right. So, well, I'm, you know, so I'm, I'm not picking. I'm not saying China is better than America and they're going to fix all our problems. No, 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 no. I'm saying in terms of military. We're going to watch China asses in Africa. They're going to, right? But at the same time, they say Hitler lost the war because he won the war with Russia and America at the same time. We gonna, you know, let them two motherfuckers fight over what we got while we plot on both of them. That's what I'm saying, family. But well, if we can win, we need one. Let's do it. We're not ready to fight either one. But one of them favor one of them, but they arguing over our shit, and they they willing to go to war over our shit among themselves. Well, I would like to know from this article, which I'm going to research, whether or not this statement is true. More than 95% of all China's programs in Africa have a clause that stipulates one breathtaking agreement. All infrastructure-related programs are required to have 70% Chinese contracted personnel. Only 30% of the people hired in these infrastructure programs are African. Last time I checked, 
Equality means 50-50, not 70-30. Moreover, while African governments choose where the infrastructure is needed, they have to pay back the money and natural resources and are practically forced to give employment to thousands of Chinese instead of Africans. What did, what did the great General Idi Amin do when he took over Uganda? See, the problem is that's the problem right there. If we're looking at China to bring jobs to Africa, we made the mistake. It's a business transaction. Y'all want some of this motherfucking gold and shit, right? Of course, we know y'all got to set up y'all little shit to get the gold out or get some oil out, and we agree to give y'all a small amount, but y'all got to pay us what we want over here. No different than the cracker. It's, 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 no, 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 that's what I'm saying. So, it's, expected, it's, expected, it's expected that the infrastructure be 70% Chinese. They got to oversee... This shit, in terms of, it's, it's like a business transaction. It, it's, well, I, need at, want, I need to look at. I need to look at American corporations got, right? coming into China, and if they got that same relationship with China, I need to look at China. I need to look at China right after World War II, and see what the setup was when the Cracker Bees came over there to help them set up their industrial in- infrastructure. I need to see what that relationship was. Do you think the European helped the Chinese who've been providing industrial products, silk, the Silk Road, for 2,000 years, neither Europeans? They, they, had to, they didn't know European warfare. Where did the gunpowder come from? Well, I'm going to say Africa uh, from what has been shown, but it's been falsely given to the Chinese just like martial arts. And I want to thank Brother Bourne for that documentary that showed how the Chinese government had actually covered up the pyramids that have been found there to make them look like uh, grass hills and that it's a death penalty for anybody to walk inside. Making our own look inside. We're going to form a goddamn question on that. I have no problem with that. I know that the Chinese don't stand on the same archaeological history that Europeans stand on. I know that when you find, uh, 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 for example, the Chinese still say all life came out of Africa. The Chinese also, it's political issues with their archaeology. White folks tell us in school, they'd be like, uh, well, the, 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 the early hominins in, in Asia, particularly in China, uh, they're hard to date. And, and basically, the, they scrutinize letting white European archaeologists come over there and dig in China and they bones of their ancestors. So in terms of, you know, that that's conflicting. You're going to have to get with that point because everywhere the Europeans go, you have to accept Christianity. You have to accept their science. You have to accept their custom and their ways. And some nations have compromised and took some of them, but they ain't gave all their culture. The Chinese just can't forget about their culture in terms of, I mean, Look into the history when they came in there. Look look how the fucking British came in there, for example. The British came in there looking for the British, the first, you know, they looking for uh, 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 resources and knowledge. 
Look how they look how they set up shop with the opium wars. How you know in, in China? Notice when you see Chinese movies, but to give you a visualization, they show whenever you see the European, the, you, it could be a Chinese movie where they speaking clearly Chinese. But whenever they show the European, he's got a suit tie on and he got a Bible in his hand. Jesus Christ, Jesus, and you hear that in English. Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. For showing you, I haven't seen. I'm not defending the Chinese. I'm just saying we need to sit back and watch what the fuck's going to go off with China because nobody really knows China's intentions. But I don't see Chinese over there forcing Buddhism on Africans. I haven't heard about Chinese raping black women. So they know they have to deal with us a little better than, than white folks deal with us to, to be able to move in Africa the way they move. And that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying we need to jump on the bandwagon with China. I'm not saying that. I'm saying when well, you got two enemies fighting over your shit, one of them going to make try to give you a better deal than the other one. One of them going to try to treat you a certain way than the other one. Because you know, you know but basically, you want to kick out the competition so you can have an extreme relationship with me and my resources. The problem is when I know that. I know that you niggas fighting over what we got. So I'm going to play off these motherfuckers. That's what, that's what you know. But I'm not saying we need to jump on the bandwagon for China. That's not what Mickey Ross is saying. Captain Africa is not saying that. What I'm saying is no one knows China. And 100 years ago, China was in the situation niggas was in. They was dope fiends in the opium war. They, they had been in our situation, brother. Cheap. No disrespect. They ain't never been in our situation. They ain't been in our situation. They wasn't in chattel enslavement, in a foreign land, language taken from them. I, they're okay. very vague, Sister Camille. I said they're very vaguely. I mean, in terms of their political infrastructure, that type of shit. I mean, I didn't mean in terms of the direct uh, 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 history we have with chattel slavery and all that. No, meaning 75 years ago, China had had just as less political power as we we did. They didn't have no motherfucking platform in the UN. I understand you now, King. Thank you for breaking that down. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. I, you know, I'm not. I'm not saying that they identify with everything we went through. No, no, no. What I'm saying is they the new dogs on the block. The world ain't a small place no more. It ain't a big place no more, basically. It ain't a big place no more. Other nations is rising. Africa, I'm watching the science in Africa. They say in the next 10 years, Africa's going to be leading in science. Of course, because that's the best place to do experiments and, and, and do observations because it's living. It's, it's life. But it's getting harder and harder to get country shots. But I got, when you talk to Africans, they'll tell you. They get offended by that shit. In my country, you know, my people from Nigeria, they, Lagos, that shit look like New York damn near over there. You see, you see what I'm saying? They got infrastructure over there. You know what I mean? They building up nice neighborhoods that is not concrete jungles. You know, so we got to know that type of thing going on. But right now, China is the new motherfuckers in Africa. We know the history of the Arabs. They've been over there a thousand years. We know the history of the Greeks, the Romans, the Chinese in Africa. Being that we're in America, and none of us can really get over there, we can observe and report. And because and, 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 we, we see the international shit that's going on. That's what I'm saying right now. Watch China. They make us some moves. They put a nigga like, they didn't put Puff Daddy. They could have got Puff Daddy. They needed Akon. Remember now, where's Akon from? Senegal. 
I thought Akron was from Liberia. Is he from Liberia? But nevertheless, mm-hmm. from from my recollection, but I, I know he must from that. Man. But the fact is, he from there. So who better? Who better? I guess if you want to do something in Brooklyn, ain't you gonna go through Jay Z? Ain't that what the Russians did? To get the Brooklyn Nets, to get that Barclays Center built, to to win over the black people, huh? That's ex- all I'm saying is to do just that. Not not be so because it's a black face on it. To watch carefully. That's all. A black face, I mean, he made a deal with the Chinese. I see a black face when he up there promoting Chinese ideas and philosophies. Brother, as you mentioned, he fucking with the religion of perversion. So, you know, out the gate. From the few Africans that I've met out of Nigeria and Senegal, I've met even less out of South Africa, but definitely large population here out out of Nigeria and Senegal over here, right? You will find them to display more... Uh, uh, uh. How can I put this? I don't want to, uh, you know, generalize poorly here. But most of them that I've come across uh, are not concerned with uh, studying African history. Uh, like, let's take Nigeria, for example. Nigeria is in the bed with American corporations. That's that's where they're getting their money from, right? They have destroyed the Gully Islands thanks to Shell, Exxon, you know, you got the religion of perversion all up in that bitch. Most Nigerians that I've met have not been Muslim. They've been Christians. That's over here, where I'm at in New York. Devout Christians. Don't nobody give two shits about mm-hmm. the about our people on Go in Goni Island, in the Goni lands, Goni lands that are holding on to African traditions of. Customs of Nigeria and not bowing down to Islam or or, or the Cracker Beast Christianity. There's been an onslaught on them. And you don't hear too much about that. Easy, last 10 years. And they fighting back. So you got a lot of people, a lot of our people that is coming out of the continent of Africa that is under the perversion of, the, of, of religion. Let's remember now, Nigeria, South Africa, you got a high rise of lightning cream being sold there. The demand. There's a lot of self-hatred up in that bitch too, just like we got over here, just like in the Caribbean, just like in South America. The Chinese ain't victim. They victim of white uh, supremacy, too. You got Chinese women rounding their motherfucking eyes. I'm not defending the Chinese once again. What I'm saying, in terms of Nigeria, we're talking about Nigeria. 
every single major oil company, like you said, was over there and so forth. Don't you find it ironic that, like you said, the only Nigerians you know from New York are Christians? That's because the only Nigerians allowed to come to America probably have to be Christians. Immigration is a motherfucker. If America harbors all traitors. If you be a Korean, who's, he over here for a reason. He, he, he traded his people. He did see, or he or he's docks out. He is not a threat to American policy. That's us. Anybody get over here? The people who get put on watch list is Somalians. <laughs> As, you know our family, even though they they Muslim over there, but and you know I got a lot of family from Somalia. They cannot be. This I'm hearing this from Europeans when they come over in terms of when you go like having to go for immigration and shit. They will never really truly reform to American policy. Somalians got a history with Arabs. That's why they, they, they Islamic. But they still got their internal culture that had to be compromised, and that's going to produce contention. What I'm saying is, right now with China, Going to Akon. <laughs> watch was watch was finna pop off, and watch who's writing the media. Show me a Chinese report on the deal. Um, why Americans taking heed of that shit? You talk American propaganda. They why on they 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 trying to see where we where we stand on this shit. The Chinese are already over there, brother. I'm telling you, when I first heard about this. It came from Cracker Beast Media, and it was praised. It was praised. It wasn't a bad thing. It was praised. It had motherfuckers on Facebook. Oh, hey, Khan, he's about to give a billion dollars to have Africans on set up lights and shit. So the sister hit me with this article. That was the first one. Every other American article with Akon was praising this shit. It wasn't questioning uh, his relationship with China. It wasn't even brought up. It was presented as Akon is doing this. I look at it like this, Sarah. I'm going to make it simple. Right? Let's just say my right here where I live, right? Let's just say I found out underneath my house I got a, 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 a unquestionable amount of gold or something for sale. And I got two motherfuckers arguing over how much they want us. They know I got some sitting on some shit, right? They know I'm sitting on some shit. One of them offered me this. One of them offered me that, right? And, listen, and once I, let's just say I finally say, okay, man, this is what I want for it. And I get that. Do I expect them to, you know, provide jobs for my people while they build? Because I, they can't just, it's not something you can just take and go. You won't have to go and mine this shit out. You, and, it, you know, it's heavy, so you're going to have to have roads to get it out. And then you got to put it on trains to move it out. So that's, that's, I understand that part because you got to get the shit up out of here. But what I expect, you know, the deal been made. You gave what I asked for. For us to, for us to look at China that's coming into Africa and providing jobs is crazy. We need nations to come pay what we asked for and get the fuck on. Or we don't sell them nothing. Or we don't need to sell them nothing. We need to make those conclusions. But for us to expect them to come save us with jobs, I mean, I, when, I, when I heard it, I took it for exactly how I feel now. Like, okay, that's a good political move. I, I know why he fucking with the Chinese to fuck with America because the Chinese already over there. 
They don't have to ask and make deals to be real. They, they motherfucking military already over there. The fact that they're making it public that they want to be with Akon and being visual to the people, that's political. We don't, you know, they don't have, they, they over there murdering motherfuckers right now and, and killing motherfucking media coverage over there and not paying motherfuckers not to even mention this shit. So why are they talking about it? That's a political move. China want to let motherfuckers know America, hey, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but we make deals with your people. They, they may not be looking out for our people, but they stand, they, I'm looking at, they stand, they, they, they keep a thorn in America's ass. I, I sleep at night knowing that America got competition other than, uh, other than niggas. Y'all better watch some Chinese. You better watch me too, nigga, but you better watch some Chinese. They ain't sleeping. I, I know crackers ain't sleeping it easy. I know, I know they got motherfuckers over there right now. For every PR, for every public relations, China got over there, America, and the, and the European Union got one. Every time they have a meeting, they got to have three meetings. Right behind. Well, I had a meeting with the Chinese. He offered me this. He offered me this. They competing over our shit. Most of the time, they, like, like, for example, okay, the slave trade. When the Portuguese in the slave trade. When the English got in the slave trade, the English started murking the Portuguese. Now, we were still in slavery. I'm not taking nothing from I'm not picking sides. I'm just showing you what they were willing to go through to maintain that business of flesh. The mafia tactics. Well, you know, if we don't get in the slave trade, first thing they say, we got to be number one. We got not got the competition. There has to be one order of white supremacy on the planet. Can't be no Chinese, and Chinese know that. Chinese like, you motherfuckers just babies on this planet. Now, we've been 2,000 years, and y'all caught us slipping, and we'll never forget that. They got their own agenda. They looking out for their people. They supposed to. But they, they, you know. Say what now? No, I interrupted you. Pardon yourself, King. No, but anyway, anyway, anyway. This, you know, China's going to do it, you know, they're going to do that because they're kind of taking away from, you know, but this this really needs to be discussed, though. You know what I'm saying? We do need to be arguing and, and really dialoguing about the intentions of motherfuckers in Africa. That's needed. That's very much needed. You know what I mean? They let them know we ain't just taking for the okie doke and they got to come at us correct. They want, they going to, see, we got, they going to come at us anyway. They need resources. We can say, fuck y'all, and we don't want to deal with y'all. And they're like, you know, damn, now we got to go to war. Because they need this shit. They say China, in 10 years, just eating off China couldn't last. They have to. Two, two billion people to feed. The, the restriction on child is only a couple can have two babies. They've compromised their environment trying to beat this white man. Smog in China is bad, but, but they, was, I'm like, damn, they really trying to push this motherfucking agenda, though. What's their agenda? They trying to, they want to be recognized as a world power. They history, they've been around. And they competing with this crackle. And right now, white folks is in China's pocket. Deep. You know, um, at the end of the day, um, 
like Marcus Garvey, he didn't, you know, his his concern was Africans for Africa. Africa for Africans. That's it, you know, and for nobody else. And, 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 and that's where I'm at on it, you know. No, the Chinese have not done to us uh, what the Cracker Beasts have done. It'll be beautiful for them to be able to be played against each other. That's wonderful. But when the time comes, they got to go just like that cracker beast, okay? Because another thing, which I'm going to investigate in the, from this article, says here they are building roads designated to help them take minerals out of Africa. Chinese are getting privilege under market prices for the commodities they are shipping out of Africa, oil, timber, coal, copper, Colton, etc. They are creating segregated neighborhoods for Chinese people only. Chinatowns have sprung up throughout. Excuse me for a second. Chinatowns have sprung out have have sprung up throughout the continent, just like the apartheid era white farms. They are paying Africans very low salaries and often fire them when they try to object to working conditions. See the cases registered in Zambia, South Africa. And Angola. All right there. All right there. Read their last two sentences. All they re- they referred, they said they're setting up separate Chinatown, right? Why? What's the need for a Chinatown in Africa, first off? What is the need for a Chinatown? If you are, if you are, if you see these Africans as being equal and the same as you, wouldn't be no need for a Chinatown. No, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Why are those Chinese work? Why why are those Chinese workers over there? The deal's been made, obviously, right? To get the cobalt. Now you need motherfuckers to get it. It's not a one day process. What do a what does a bacteria or virus do to its host? Don't it colonize it? Let me create other other ass forms of itself. So yeah. ain't that what, 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 what ain't that what the China? Why would what what do the Chinese do? I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. But listen to who's writing it. Did that compare to white apartheid? Hell no. And, and they're talking about segregation neighborhoods, as you had in apartheid. That's what they're talking about. But what was apartheid? It wasn't just segregated neighborhoods. Sometimes we need to be segregated, right? We, I ain't got no se- problem with that, but they're bringing up uh, a class structure that is being set up. The, uh, you know, same same kind of situation where the foreigner got the best land, got the most farms of whatever country the motherfucker setting his tentacles in. I think it is. I don't give a fuck about the Chinese king. I don't give a fuck about none of them. Neither. Me neither. I'm saying it though. I'm saying it though. What I'm saying is, read the article because this we we go off the article. Read the article. How is they comparing the Chinese segregation to apartheid when the Chinese obviously ain't forcing their shit on Africans? That's the appeal to us. Like, damn, they doing the same shit. But I'm like, hold on, who's writing this? How are you going to compare? Read it again. Read it again. They said. They're creating a brother, Chinatown. Do you know who, brother, do There's you know a language who, barrier, obviously, right? They're going to be a language who, barrier. Who, who, who publishes the financial Juneteenth? 
I don't know. I'm looking. I don't know who published this book. I know that this is the first time I ever heard of Juneteenth. Uh, this, this, I ain't never seen this website. I'm not saying it's discredited or anything from it, but I'm just saying the the matter in which is is I wouldn't equate none to white folks apartheid. White folks apartheid. Being white folks got a history, history. You know, I don't see how they're comparing the Chinese coming in there. The Chinese probably doing some scandalous shit. I ain't take you know, but I don't see them you know or hear that they over there you know forcing Chinese culture. Banning nigga, you can't wear that African garment. You need to speak Chinese. We need your women, along with taking all your resources, along with marginalizing the segregation. I'm, just, you know, what I'm saying I'm not picking. Watch China. That's what I'm saying. They got their own agenda. They gon' they got Africa at the agenda, and they shouldn't. And that's why we should not. We should see them the same way like everybody else when it comes to the mama land. Right. But they over there right now. They did. They, the motherfuckers. They in there. Uh, Indians from India there. And goddamn cracker beasts are there. All raping that. All raping it. Exactly. And and if the African has no friends. It's gonna be hard to kick both of their asses out at one at the same time. It can happen. I'm not saying the camera taking gonna happen, but it's easy to let play off, let them motherfuckers kill over the shit that we got in their confusion. They competing. They competing with me. That's what I'm saying. How many Chinese? Let me let me see if I can find a Chinese source on some shit. Now I understand what you're saying, though, Karate, but what you're saying is. You see two motherfuckers fighting about this about the fight, and you don't like neither one of them. Your best bet is not to stop them; it's to instigate it and pray that they go ahead and get it going. So they can lead themselves to a point where you go ahead and whoop their ass your own self. Right, that's all I'm saying because they both over there. They already set up shop. And they, they already, all got to go. Well, and and them nasty ass Indians from India. They all got to get the fuck up out of there. Right. And see, listen. Thank you, sister Camille. Thank you, sister Camille, because I love you. I love your compassion. Watch China. What produced Idi Amin? Mm-hmm. The Chinese coming in there. They gonna produce some radicals who gonna play both sides. Meaning, let's just say, let's equate the Chinese to the European. Let's just say the Chinese is going in and tearing up villages and taking young African boys and making them you know, teaching them Chinese and making them, you know, teaching them to fight other Africans, right? And give them Chinese general names, you know, Zhu you know, 
Let's just say this is the same thing that happened, right? It's going to produce a, a, a radical still. He's going to speak English, he's going to speak an African language, and he's going to speak Chinese. He's going to make the same assessment since the committee said, we need to get both these motherfuckers up out of here. How did Idi Amin come to power? After he was a general, that nigga staged the coup, right? <laughs> the, the successful coup. All I'm saying is, watch China. And if we're going to give them, okay, let's, let's just say they're over there right now pillaging, raping, not just, you know, taking infrastructure, I mean, resources and shit instead of infrastructure, but they're also over there promoting strong pro-Chinese culture and anti-African culture. You know, you can't wear no traditional garment, none of that. It got to be, you know, Chinese. You got to, you know, they're going to do the same thing like white folks did in, in South Africa, the Africana. They're going to be the Chinacana, you know, but it's going to be that same shit. It's going to produce a radical. That's all I'm saying. Watch what we need to sit back and watch. We have no choice, really, because we're in America. We can voice our disdain on this shit, but they over there. And it's going to take some clever-ass politics to, you know what I mean? They're already over there. It's definitely going to take some clever politics to get them up out of there. So you could work on that. Like I said, we just, you know, we we look at this situation um, really pushing for them to fight each other. Go ahead, y'all get that shit rocking. We're already on the land. But yeah, just, just, just to me, I ain't compromising. Um, <laughs> I, I ain't compromising neither, but I'm saying, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, uh, we in, we way behind the lines, man. We mud deep and shit, man. We don't talk, you know. We thought, you know, we, 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 we sat back, but. I look to the last victories we've had, man. We disrupted a lot of motherfucking white, you know, plans, especially. I look at Vietnam, man. We was able to successfully, they lost that war. You see what I'm saying? And if Europeans are really trying to recolonize the world and, and put slavery back into perspective, that needs to be valid. You know, what are their intentions? And we know their track record. But look at it like this, too. We know, look at House nigga Obama, right? This is, his daughter speaks Chinese. You, you you speak, you know, like when we they be forcing these European languages on us when we go to school for second language and shit. You only recognize relevant languages for relevant cultures. Like right now, Arab, Arabic now is the leading second language. Chinese finna be in a minute. When Idi Amin even took key to that. 
Swahili, what do you say? Swahili, French, English. Now it's going to be Chinese, Swahili, Arabic. These the motherfuckers who kicking shit around the world right now. And they want, they want it all. Cobalt, timber. Family, how do we tie this back to is the philosophies of Marcus Garvey rhetoric or reality? Well, Marcus Garvey said, black man and woman, go back to Africa before America replaces you with another immigrant don't need you no more. Oh, for me, it's like this. Africa for Africans. <laughs> and that's that. What's up, King? What's up, baby? I'm on the phone, King. And what I was saying about the, oh, no, going back to the philosophy of Marcus Garvey, rhetoric or reality, I think that um, the rhetoric is the reality. So in the spirit of Marcus Garvey, what we're doing is, is, is moving in his spirit right now, giving forth proper rhetoric information a lot of people hearing in the diaspora to understand who our enemies are, what our objectives should be, and how we could study. Um, you know, it is, what we're doing is uh, conveying the, the temperature of what's happening out here. I'm telling the spirit of Marcus Garvey. I'm seeing that people on the ground, rhetoric is the reality. I'm in total agreement because it follows what Dr. Amos Wilson said. You you have you know the, your your rhetoric is what brings forth that reality. We supposed to have an African centered, uncompromising rhetoric to bring forth that reality. This was the disdain. We should disdain looking to other nations to link arms to do what we have to do. We should disdain that. You should accept no handouts. And you should man accept nothing. No ally if it ain't 50-50. Like Dr. Clark said, how are we going to be friends if I can't punish you? Mm-hmm. Hmm. The problem is we always feel like we got to compromise. So what? Ain't got no motherfucking backbone. 
It's the Debo effect. We got to want to be Debo. <laughs> <laughs> and King, you know, you saying that, that's why I, I really will have no more tolerance for anybody that has put themselves as a leader um, that is saying that they african scented and you are engaging and calling for unity with motherfuckers, mental slaves who say they hate Africans. You know, who say they're not African, who are beholden to the religions of perversion. See, because you look like a, a weak man that I can't respect. Here you got a motherfucker of the religions of perversion telling you who you're supposed to be African-centered, right? Telling you, fuck Africans, fuck Africans and all this, but yet you saying, this my brother. What the fuck? That's some bitch-ass shit that can no longer be tolerated. This nigga holding the line against you, holding up the crack of peace, religions of perversion. But yeah, you say, we got unity. That's my brother. Something happened to you. I'll be there. Yo, you sound like a bitch. That's fucking insane. It's the same insanity that our people got that want to integrate with the motherfucker that's trying to kill you. The goddamn savage, low life, innate, sexually perverted cracker beat. Integration like crack, it kills. <laughs> You know, we have to, you know, we just got to be aware of what's happening, man. You, you know, you can't come, you can't come to the gunfight wielding knives. We will not join and link arms with, um, Groups that mean us no good through the historical lens we put them through. And once we put them through our African historical lens, we have no reason to, to think that there will be any type of uh, unity or unification. I mean, there, there can't be at this point in time. Because mm-hmm. it's the reality. Ain't no like like that whole discussion we had with the with, with infiltrators in Africa and so forth. That's being mindful of history and putting shit in its proper place in regards to reality. For example, was because the individuals who brought up the topic were really trying to question our pose on this shit, and it's like we can make certain stands on shit because we know the history and how it's affected the reality. You follow on rhetoric in regards to feeling that the rhetoric you've been taught that no people can know anything about morality and good things without religion. 
and we should compromise the, you know, fuck that shit, man. That's out the door. That is out the door right now because it's not appealing. So for individuals to feel that the, the, the federal karma and forget the history of these organizations really are following rhetoric. And when they come in on us, it's because they really respect our, our vision, our reality, and really be listening for clues how to deal with reality because we can only give solutions as well. You know what I mean? The, the approach, like Sister Camille, Brother Born, you know, hands-off policy, like Brother Born, I mean, uh, uh, Brother Little just said, I'm going to respect you, nigga, and I can't punish you. What's the solution? We need to validate motherfuckers' wealth in terms of how they value shit so we can be in the position to punish them. Mm-hmm. We need to learn something about these people. We need to go study your enemies. The African is the best spy. What's that old saying? A black man go anywhere in America with a mop and a broom? And, <laughs> mop in a bucket. In a bucket. And, and cooling his way right Oh, boy. How are you doing? Yes, sir. How y'all doing? Break the low. You know? And if that's what you, you know, because like arguing that right now, we got so many, so much shit going on with enemies and everybody trying to, you know, the white man, you know, he he's the the main problem. But we got a little rises of, you know, Arab factions that he's allowed to come into being, like with the with the king. Then the king of Arabia die. Who they gonna point to be the next one, right? That you know, the issue with China rising and. They know, like we was talking on the phone, they know they in order for them to be successful, especially what they want, they're going to have to have a, a big contingency of Africans in that shit. We need to know this. A third United States Army is black. A third. All We've always been, you know, I, and even right now, you know, I have, you know, Motherfuckers have put the guilt trip on you like I could have been successful if I went to the service. And, I, and I've been I've been conscious of my decision why I never went to that motherfucker from the get-go. Man, I'd be damned if in order for me to make it or live a little better or suffer a little better, I got to fight in your army. Mm-mm. And that's the culture. Go to school, go to the service. What? That needs to change right there because we're throwing out solutions, right? That needs to change right there. We need to really... Value. I mean, we really need to start uh, have a, a a no a no school campaign for youngsters right now with all this. Uh, 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 we need some parents to really say, "Fuck y'all! I'm not cool with these gay motherfuckers. Uh, y'all teaching these motherfuckers and my babies. I, I'm not stupid. I know what y'all really prey on. Y'all prey on babies. That's. Do you know we can put punish them? Like brother, I'm going over brother little saying, looking at how can we be in a position to punish them? We can stop the motherfucking system from rolling. A lot of poor white folks. Are 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 you know they have no you know a lot of poor white folks get paid for your you know to teach your baby or to miseducate our children and they're dependent on their job. You know how I many motherfucking white jobs who can destroy that white principle? The whole mafia yeah, school man. system, the superintendent yeah. school system. The motherfuckers yeah, listen to us. Then they might not listen to us marching for little 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 woo woo, but fuck. Nobody wants to say this shit. I'll put it out there, motherfucker. 
We don't need to boycott their businesses. We need to stop going to their school. That's a five-day business open tomorrow at 7 a.m. to mm-hmm. 3 o'clock. Bus drivers are picking up your black children and taking them to the, 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 the camps of education, the concentration camps of education. You know, the, you know what I'm saying? The motherfucking crosswalk dependent upon making sure little man, man and them get across the street so they can get to the concentration camp. You know what I'm saying? That's going to stop the ball from rolling. Black power. Black power. And and I long for that. I, that needs to happen immediately because I I believe that for our people that have been, you know, put to sleep and not seeing the enemy for what they are through integration, you will see the beast fangs come out if that happens. Mm-hmm. See, see, Across see. this country? What? See, to piggyback what y'all, ma- y'all, y'all saying, right? That's how you know everybody's a snake. What politician come out and tell the people, boycott the cracker? Not one. Why you pay rent? Stop. Why you paying taxes? And these crackers don't even listen to you. They keep killing you. Stop. Why you let them pull you over? Won't you do citizens arrest on these motherfuckers? Hmm. Yeah, I know. I know. You'd be surprised See, what it could do for you when you tried, though. you got to say no to everything. No, motherfucker, I don't want that. Slap it out of his hand. That shit out of here. You can't take no handouts. See? Any free thing a motherfucker give it to you, you got to know it got motherfucking poison on it. It could poison you for a million years. Mm-hmm. Oh, you don't act as a storm. <laughs> huh? All right. You better, like you said, you got to know your enemies. How to put their fighting style. That's why I study martial arts like that. It, you learned your enemy. How does he fight? Because how he fight is how he think. <laughs> military is everything. Can't have a nation without military. You want to know people, you better know how they defend themselves. And you know the people. What makes them tough? What makes them suspect? Yeah. See. Why? 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 You know, we need to. But this is for parents. This is for parents. Why? Why? Why, my man, man? You know, we need to have a Black Power Day at the house all week. Why is it a burden? You know, because most parents can't wait for little man, man to get that age, and little Ray to get that age so they can send him to school. Why is it? You know, why are we so content and okay with other motherfuckers having our children for eight hours? Conditioning, brother. That's the only thing I can think of. Irresponsibility is what I can think of. It's the only thing. You don't want to be responsible. <laughs> you want a fake case. <laughs> you got one, all right. Everything costs. It's a price for everything. It ain't always a good, it ain't always a bad one. But it's a price, cause and effect for everything. That's law.
Because then it's like, what the fuck are you really teaching your kids? How to be irresponsible. How to not take care of self. How to not rely on self. How to not And brother, that, brother, ain't that what happens to a slave? You know what I'm saying? Like, and, 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 and not even and not even to go there with it that on that extent because right after the chattel enslavement, who was educating our babies? We were. We were building our own schools, own little rinky dink libraries. Even though still it was a problem because the information in the books still came from the enemy, but integration ended all of that. Okay, and so let's be real too. The call for our for us to pull all our children out of the schools means that our men have to step up because you know about the quote unquote truancy laws. We're gonna have to have defense. Because this will rock them, as Doctor Clark said, they know how do you keep a people oppressed? You educate their children. Pulling our babies out? It's a direct military action. Let's do it. Let's get our shit together. Our men, let's handle the business. Again, that's what I say. You can't do nothing without military. Why? Because there's consequences and repercussions for everything. For everything, a real revolutionary can not make a move until I know my mama and them is straight. Mm-hmm. Mama and them straight. All right, then. We good to go. Mama and them ain't going to be straight. We can't move. Got to evade. We have enough resources at, at, at our own and enough information at our grasp that is African-centered to do as Brother Bourne has done on a grand scale. Mikarab call is 100% on point. That is exactly what we need to do. Get the message out. Every African, keep your baby up out of the schools. And guess what? We can teach them ourselves. We can set the shit up ourselves. We have the capability. Now, remember... Intention plus capability equals threat. You're finding it easy? No? Don't be so quick to judge. So if we making this call, at the same time, our men going to have to be handling their business on that military front in terms of securing our neighborhoods. So when they come for us and our babies, because we in violation of truancy laws, because they're going to use that on us. We got to exactly. be ready. See, the more they see, the more that they use their truancy law, the more see it's going see it's going to start off with a small group. But when motherfuckers, the more the revolt, the resistance stands up, and the more people see the rationale that they're going to try to use to enforce this shit, truancy law. It's going to make motherfuckers question, what the fuck did I sign when I had, when I was at the motherfucking hospital? What is this connection with the the medical industry, education system, and motherfucking law? All three are doing very well. And they all have a connection to us. 
you can't go to school unless you have your shots, right? Check, 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 mm-hmm. infection. What the fuck is in the shot? Let's go, you know, I mean, we need to do some real research. You know, do African babies seem to be more rebellious who don't get the shot? Fuck the disease shit. We the oldest people on the planet. We got the strongest immune system. My mama's strong. My mama passed. My mama took the shot, so she's going to pass on it. See, we don't. We need to go in. Mama got the shot, and she got the babies. The babies is cool. That's right. <laughs> Don't like that shit. Don't like that shit. We gonna be getting a shot. Don't like that shit. They try. They, they try all type of uh, lies. Try to get you to, uh, to, to, to go in and get that damn shot. Yeah, they you know they talk to you though. You're going to carry your child. You ain't taking a shot. You know, your child might, yeah, they can't go to school and, and they might contract anything. I said, well, if all the rest of the kids got the shot, how much kids going to contract something from them? They already got it. They straight. Yeah, and that's Sister Kay Phillips. She was supposed to, um, do a program on that because she did the real leg work and fought, you know, New York City educational system to prevent her child from getting the vaccination and still being able to attend school, even though she eventually pulled them out. Mm-hmm. As soon as I said that statement, motherfucker, call drops and everything. Them crackers on my shit right now. My... <laughs> as soon as I made that clip, droop, I'm like, damn, that shit was weird. But as soon as we make that movie, because really, they, we, we can go for separation because out of force. Out of force. Because they forcing this homosexual agenda on us so strong. You know, they because look, look how they lay it. Really, it's like get down or lay down with this gay shit, right? Mm-hmm. And really, like, I'm going off what Brother Little was saying. We have to be in a position to punish them. The best way you punish a pedophile is when you don't send your kids, you know, school is uh, where kids go, right? We grow crops, right? They, they season the little babies to be, you know, when you don't send your, you know, you don't give them a platform to see your babies. You know what they want. We know what they want. At the end of the day, we got to be in a position to punish them. We got to really look at this shit. At the end of the day, when the savage cracker beast has won a war of genocide against the people, he's taken over African nation. He wants to relax and have a good time. What is this soul, huh? A young boy. Or a young girl. So you can get and do it, you know what I'm saying? Then now that the gay movement is just making it very prevalent. Now, poor white folks now can, it's really getting back to that type of shit now where. You don't have to be rich no more. Get your little young boy. The young boy thinking he gay now at a young age. School is help because school school is bridging that gap, making it closer and closer to turn your little baby out. So we can go for self and claim separation. It's like you know what, man. I'm not really feeling this gay shit, man. Uh, you know, my my kids, you know, you know they don't need to be going to y'all schools. And you're gonna see the real agenda pop out. You gonna see them niggas switch their talk. 
Mm. And we will be in a position to punish them. I'm telling you, we can shift this shit right around on there because for every opposition, for every action, there's a reaction. They've been good at making the reaction chosen, too. They pick and choose the reaction for you. But by them forcing this shit, parents are in power. You see the little, when you see the LBGT, the little lesbian, gay, transgender shit, smile on TV because you know, you know what they want. They want my babies. Mm-hmm. You motherfuckers want my kids. That's what y'all really want. And you know what? No, no, uh-uh. They ain't going to school today. And, and, and when it comes to the truancy law and, 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 and all that shit, and 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 when mothers do, you know, and they try to kidnap because they're gonna they're gonna be successful with a few kidnappers. And, and when, the, when the women are in court, and they say you're guilty of truancy, so forth, and all the queen have to say is, just because gay, you know, the the the, the just because the I'm trying to find the correct word to say this shit. Just because gay shit is law, like you, just because uh, you know I can't threaten gay people and I can't make comments about gay people, don't mean I have to respect gay people. And what I'm saying to you, just the best way that I'm doing this, I'm not sending my babies to school. I'm just getting away from you. I don't have to accept this shit, but I don't have to do nothing violent to you. And I, uh, we, I'm just getting away. That's gonna fuck them up. Whoa, 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 whoa. They, they gonna change their talk around. They, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're not saying that now. In fact, they're going to let the queen out. They're going to come up with a grand bribe to say, well, he ain't got to go to school that much. He's 33 days a week. And you can be there. And you're going to get to see the care, right? And you're going to be in a position of power again. No, I'll get back to you on that. I, I'm willing to stay a few more days in here because I don't understand what's going on. Watch. You see the point I'm making? The more they try to force that shit, the more, you know, we don't have to fuck with it. I don't think my children should be with that. And if you're trying to force my children to be okay with that, you're wrong, sir. And they don't want, they don't want that kind of talk on a public screen like that. Oh, this motherfucker's kind of smart. No one never kind no one came at that like that. That's why it's going to work. <laughs> Everybody else has been, they feel compelled to pick a side. Well, fuck, I don't have to, I don't have to like it at all. And I don't have to make negative comments about it. And, and, and I don't have to, you know, I don't have to, I don't have to be a gay basher. I just don't fuck with homosexuals. And the best way I don't fuck with homosexuals is I don't send my children to those schools who endorse that. Watch the schools slip that shit back, back around. Yeah, we decided to bring God back in the education and homosexuality is on morale. You're going to start seeing teachers say, I, I finally, somebody, you know, there are a few good ones, finally some parents who are going to say something. Because t- t- teachers been telling parents, that y'all got the power. Y'all got the power. Yeah, they got the power because if, if we don't send our children to school, they don't, they don't get paid. That shit go up ladders. That shit hit a lot of motherfuckers. If children don't get vaccinated to go to school, medical motherfuckers don't get paid. I read them from the street from the hood. Something is unique. Sounds like you're looking at it. I'm sure I can't imagine. Getting ready for the gift that is in the world. We need to do what Al Gore said. We need to disenthrall ourselves with these motherfuckers. Feel me? How do you feel about it? Well, I don't feel about it, man. I'm, I'm, I'm over here, man. My kids don't go to their schools, woo-woo-woo, and you're going to see the voice pop up overnight, a voice that you didn't even know was there. 
Because lot we don't have a voice no more. But we can still get right now. They're forcing us to have one. You gonna see this is uh, this is uh, 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 incoming news. Yeah, it's been a boycott because it, it's not gonna be a public boycott. You know, we don't need to get out there and protest and, and, and say, you know, we ain't going to school. We ain't going to school. No, we just don't show up. And instead of, you know, a day off with us, because look, look how the kids are. When it's a day out of school, they be like, yay! They telling you to sit right there. They hate going to school. I know I did when I was young. Finally, mama, mama, what we going to do? Oh, well, we're going to lose some back history. we mixing it up. And it's good to start it now because, you know, when you get in third and fourth grade, you be like, my, the teacher is, is smarter than my mama. So my mama can't tell me nothing. My daddy can't tell me nothing. You know what I mean? You get to thinking you a little smarter than your parents are. You know what I mean? We can shift this shit around. The parents got the power, man. Especially the more babies you got, the more power you get. Instead of us taking checks for our babies to go to school for a temporary fix, just say, fuck it, man. Fuck them checks, man. Fuck. We going to be at the house, man. We need to, we need to talk anyway. We need to long talk. We be running from, you know, we be running from a lot of our realities and shit and trying to go on. When we got family issues, we need to sit down and have a deep talk and we know what this problem is. Yes, that goddamn indoctrination. Because the fact is, when you don't, when you're not the teacher of your children, of your child, by the time they get in high school, they're not going to respect you. They're going to start talking to you like you don't know jack shit. It brings it brings a, a, a separation in relationship between that African parents, those African parents, and that African child. And I can only, you know, I, I look at myself, and then I look at what I did with my um, nephews, the niece, and then my own to see the difference. Because by the time I got into high school, my parents can't tell me shit. It's just real. I knew everything, you know. You, you, as a child, you're going to respect your teacher. It's another reason why we must educate our own. Hell yeah, because the next, we need to look at. The next five years, it's going to be some weird behavior going on in the schools if we let this shit continue. I didn't know I was poor till I went to school. I didn't know I was doing bad. <laughs> Real talk. I can laugh. You know, it's funny enough, but it's hard when you're in poverty to keep seven pair or five pair of clean clothes every day when you don't have the resources. I'm being 100. I used to have to wash my shirts out in the sink, get ready for school was a process. Just to keep up. To keep up my parents, you know what I mean? I know I ain't the only one. Mm-hmm. Well, that's another thing to do, make you mad materialistic. All all these things of, of the cracker beast that are detrimental to the African psyche. Where you put your self worth in material items. You can't value yourself not unless you got these labels. That the cracker beast put on the commercial say it's important, and that they use your own pe- your own people, people you look up to, and music and shit to influence you. 
Got the hat. Yeah, putting pressure on mama for new school clothes. I know I was fucked up. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm tired of that stress. I'm tired of, you know, I'm not gonna come. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lose the respect of my kids because I'm poor and can't afford to, you know, keep up their fashion at school. I'm not gonna spend that money. I'd rather, you know, learn something here. We need to, you know, put that money towards something else. We need to work on ourselves, you know, before, you know, just like other immigrants when they come over here, they get their infrastructure right together before they just started jumping in this shit. Feel me? They don't, you know. They don't be going to schools at first. They they learn the network. We need to get back to that and just start fucking, you know. And you're going to make, you know, you're going to lose old friends and make new ones just to some extent, you know, cause that's, and that's what we needed to start depending on that shit. That's all we got really is ourselves. So it can happen, man. The You know, parents already come together to some extent. When, like, when they come to, like, you know, needing to watch, you know, when you got young kids, you need to watch your kids. and They understand that, you know what I mean? I got to, you know, but... What the fuck really are we, you know, we be too cool for eight hours with our kid. We look at it as a burden to be watching our kid. I'm talking about myself, too. You know what I mean? Sometimes, you know, like, because. They got you conditioned, King. <laughs> they got us conditioned to think that. So you willingly turn over your child to your enemy. No, no questions asked. But, King, you know, before I get cut off online, on I want to thank yeah. you because you really did put out, unlike what didn't happen the other night, when somebody was trying to regurgitate uh, Fairy Coon, as Brother Bourne say, so-called made-up solutions. Brother Captain Africa, you put out some real solutions tonight for our, for us, uh, for our family. And I just want to, you know, show my appreciation to you. Uh, to your beautiful African mind and brother born and brother little, you know, for putting out real solutions, real solutions, and not hearsay shit that you can't even repeat. I give credit to feet on the ground because you got to be you got to be communicating with like people to reach certain conclusions. You know, you just don't be coming up with shit. You, you you get to talking to individuals and they like you know you get reflecting back on other shit. Like, Let me look that up. So we be. We're a community over here on the ground. So we make this shit as a collective. You know what I mean? That's real talk. I think taking inspiration from everybody on this line, you know, we, you know, help. Y'all help a nigga put shit in perspective. You know, we, it's feet on the ground over here, man. Black power. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And with that being said, we definitely, you know, we're going into that final zone. So praise and turn the glory to Garvey, along with the spirit of Dr. Khaled and Dua Muhammad. Praise and turn the glory to Garvey, along with the spirit of Dr. Khaled and Dua Muhammad. Praise Harriet Tubman, glory to Ida B. Wells, along with the spirit of Sister Fanny Lohama, a BB Foley. Cock it in the trunk! Baby Forty in the trunk. House Nick in the trunk to get your ass uh-huh. in that trunk. I'm working. House Nick in the trunk. Y'all coons gonna get it first. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> I 
you gotta do is all you gotta do is tell me it's a million man march. They don't get right in the trunk for real. For real. <laughs> <laughs> a million marks, nigga. A million marks. Well, we thank everybody for the compliments they've given us. Glad to know we're in a good, you know, we're in a good position. F O G, masters of rhetoric. Black power.